0: ready dave
1: hey everybody this is don't let's start a podcast about they might be giants hey jordan hey dave i've got dave my friend uh i haven't seen well, I saw Dave a week ago, but before that week, I hadn't seen him in a few months. It's been
2: a little while. I mean, I didn't see anyone, so... Dave, you look, you look younger. Thank you. You look... I feed off people's misery. <laughs> you look better than you've ever looked. This is a podcast
1: about They Might Be Giants, the band you love to hate and <laughs> hate to love. Well, first of all, I want to catch up because it's been sure. a while and I think uh, I think our our listeners i don't like to say the word fans cuz that's a mm-hmm. little that's a little absurd our listeners uh who tolerate us fair enough uh they might be wondering what's they might been, be. what's been <laughs> probably not they might be fun uh they might be interesting it's hard to not say they might be when you're discussing a group of people who uh yeah perhaps are doing something or are being something
2: we'll get it back it's okay yeah it's they, been a while
1: they might they might be Stick one, with us wondering everyone. uh what we've been up to how we're doing uh we're certainly wondering how each and
2: every one of them are doing keeping me up at night but enough about me how are you doing jordan
1: yeah i don't know let's see what's been going on in, in terms of should we only keep this and they might be giants uh <laughs> i think so yes in terms of the i just I, got I, an
2: email from uh, i'm gonna cut you off yeah please i just got an email about the new fan club yeah for, i wanted to talk year.
1: about some current news you say you've got some very
3: excellent news
1: yeah i saw that ifc email and i actually dave uh were I, you tempted i put my money where my mouth is Whoa. which is not safe in this uh, current environment
2: <laughs> No, <laughs> I haven't used money in three months. Yeah,
1: but I uh, I bought it. I became an instant nice. fan club member. Uh, friends, we we don't we don't really uh, we don't really get political here, but <laughs> they might be giants. This is the way that they are probably gonna be really survive
2: in this time. They, yeah, when they I haven't... read that, I was like, maybe I do have a higher obligation to. I was yeah. probably gonna do it anyway, but.
1: Yeah, so ignore all your other favorite uh,
2: charities,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I I am sincere in that um, they had to cancel, like everyone, they had to cancel shows, they had to cancel a lot of plans they had, um, and just as they were really, I I would say, at the peak of their career, they kind of always feel like they're at the (laughs) peak of, of doing a ton of stuff all the time but it really was feeling there was a lot of momentum of all the stuff they were doing we were yep. getting new songs we were getting show and announce- theme shows and all this stuff
2: and then we all got kicked in the dick
1: <laughs> <laughs> if only that's all that happened to <laughs> everybody um so yeah i gave i gave them the money i gave them my i became an ifc person it's again i've done not, it
2: before you're not i mean you're just paying for services rendered really you're not like giving them money that you're not getting anything out of it i'm oh, sure yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. well past
1: what like the, all those other value. shitty charities
2: out there <laughs> yeah man get nothing from
1: them except get... feeling good yeah yeah what's that worth yeah it's i'm excited so let's talk about this there uh when we don't you know because our our show is such a historical retrospective I you on gonna say because
2: our show is such a hit <laughs> it's a hit and i agree
1: it's such a historical retrospective that we we tend to not discuss current news too much, but I think we should try to do that more.
2: Well, you know what they say. We're in history right now. Yeah, I think about that a lot, how we're in history. Do you mean in general or in these crazy times? Sort of all the time, but then when something... Everything is history like a second after it happens, so don't let it drive you too crazy. So when I peed before the show... It's history, baby. It's history. Go on. What was I saying?
1: Oh, yeah, so apparently their new album that they're gonna be working on... I think that was the headline, yeah. ...is called Book... (laughs) Uh, Dave we always have strong opinions on when they have a new album title and and what i've noticed at least with me and you is that we have a strong opinion and then it kind of gets we get used to the name and then sure. we kind of don't care anymore I I, right. I I recall us not liking join us as a title i remember a conversation we had years pre, pre-podcast mm-hmm. unrecorded conversation i remember thinking join us was i think we thought it was too like on the nose creepy like Mm -hmm. yeah it's a creepy horror movie or something Hmm. Uh, now I don't care Um, I don't think we liked I don't know if we liked the else as a title I
2: remember liking it you remember okay I liked it it's mysterious yeah um seems to fit I
1: remember I remember hating glean as a title yes I I, do too
2: I still struggle with it
1: to be honest it's just a weird word yeah makes me feel gross (laughs) it's a tough word um, but book, uh I don't know yet when I think of this. I kind of had a non reaction to it. I kind of read maybe it's because I'm we're all busy with a lot of other things in our lives. Yeah, I'm a little
2: numb to any news right now. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like one tab is just like horrible things happening, another tab is like yeah.
2: TMBG New album called Book. I was like, huh. It's like, yeah, it's hard to get excited for good news.
1: Um, I do like books. Uh Dave, have you read any good books lately?
2: No, I haven't read any books. <laughs> <laughs> reading you know what reading's not for me yeah yeah um nothing against it's it. not like you forget how you know you don't have to keep doing
1: it every day that's true
2: yeah you know? i get the point a b c whatever <laughs> I, I think it's an okay title um book. you know the more you say it <laughs> i actually don't like it well it's open-ended
1: is that a book pun
2: <laughs> we shouldn't ass- judge it by its cover right i'm assuming it's just because nobody reads books anymore it yeah, seems I, like a little bit of a criticism of our wow. fast paced go get 'em. You're, <laughs> you're reading a lot into
1: a one into a noun that is neither here nor there. Um, yeah. could also mean there's the verb book like Bookem Dano. Yeah. <laughs> well then they should have called it Book'em. They could should've called Book'em. Which yeah. is a terrible name. <laughs> they have a song called Read a Book, yeah. Which I, I quite like. Uh, I like it too. And I wonder if that connects. I mean, maybe when there's more songs that we could uh, listen to on this uh, new album, there'll be some theme because I think, you know, Join Us, you know, some of their albums, like, they reveal, like, I kind of get why they called it this, you know? Like, we've talked about Flood. There's a lot
2: of water theme on that, you know, record. Join Us seemed to like maybe coming back to old aesthetics. I mean, when I heard Book, I just thought it was a reaction to how... You know, everything is uh, digital now, so. Interesting.
1: But I I could be completely wrong. I complain about this stuff all the time.
2: Because Flansburg seems to be well-read, so.
1: He does. I know Linnell is. Um, I don't know why I get the feeling Flansburg is the one who names all the albums. Right. (laughs) But maybe because he's just so vocal uh, all the time about everything going on. I am a
2: fan of a good one-name album title. Yeah. So there's that. Poop. To its credit. (laughs) Dookie? <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> literally... It's been done.
1: Yeah. So... What else has been going on non-TMG really quick? I guess, uh, I don't know, Dave, uh, you've just been doing your, <laughs> doing your, doing what you do.
2: Yeah, I've been, you know, drawing and writing
1: a lot. Dave's a great artist. This We might have new listeners here. I know people listen out of order. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, actually I, I started an instrumental album because I've been having uh, throat problems so I can't really sing, but I'm starting an instrumental album and Dave's gonna do some bass on it and our old uh, drummer from our old band years ago is uh, sending me drums over Email. I have to say one thing about this quarantine that that brought stuff to light was like, oh, I can like email my drummer and have him yeah. send me stuff. Uh, also, have some pretty crazy news for people out there. Brian Doherty from They Might Be Giants did yeah. some, did some drums for me for an album I, I started in quarantine. Also, mm-hmm. and that's kind of insane. I would be. I would love to play some clips from that maybe when
2: they're more uh,
1: finished. But he said
2: he'd do it, and he did it. He said, you heard, I think it was word. in the
1: interview, unless I cut it out, but uh, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, this... I think
2: towards the end, he said he wanted to play drums for both of us. Yeah, and so he did. Well, soon after, I found a drummer, so I didn't I didn't need him.
1: Yeah, um, like he said, don't think you're not replaceable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, the drums he sent me were great. And there was, he sent me a few takes that were all different and great and exciting. And one of them is really this amazing rock song that uh, I didn't even write it, so I could say that, but my girlfriend wrote it. The drums are just so high energy and exciting. And you know what? Uh, Maybe I will play a clip because it's Brian Daugherty doing drums and it's awesome. So here's a brief clip of that. This song is called Anti-Love featuring Brian Daugherty.
2: what's this episode about, Jordan?
1: Yes, this is not the Apollo 18. Uh, that's what I'm waiting for. 18-parter that I assume is going to happen uh, because that's that's quite a, a big to-do. But I wanted to explore some more, uh, you know, regions and corners and uh, alleyways in They Might Be Giant's history. And what this episode is about is we're going to look at what their 80s live shows were like. Uh, We've obviously touched on this quite a bit as I use many, many clips from the 80s and stuff. But I wanted to focus on some traditions they had at Mm -hmm. concerts that are almost really like songs to discuss.
2: Now, did you think of this? on the heels of our Gary Ray interview? Was it taking you back to a time and place?
1: I'm so glad you said that because something... Yeah, I can tee you up. <laughs> there was a thing that, that I discovered while, while listening to live shows, which I, I would have loved to put uh, this clip in our Gary Ray interview. But let's listen to the clip now, actually. This is not from the 80s, but this is from a 90s show at the Mercury Lounge. And if you remember, Gary, we asked him what his favorite They Might Be Giants song was. Yes. And whenever I ask a guest that, I'm always worried they're not going to know what to say. But he had an gr- amazing answer. It was uh, Don't Let Start, right? Yes. And this clip of the Wimp Giants talking about Gary Ray and playing Don't Let Start uh, conf- not only confirms that, but it adds even more... Like, niceness and joy. like joy to the whole thing. So, check this out. Play that sucker for me.
4: So, here's the song we'd like to dedicate to our friend Gary Ray. This is the song we used to do across the street at a club called dorinka in the mid 80s, which is essentially where we started. Let's give Gary Ray a big Houston uh, Street yeah. round of applause. Yeah. He's also showing us some 3D photographs that he had taken at the time, when we and we were shockingly young. And not, not nearly as embittered and angry as we are now. So here's a song we'd like to sing. Embittered time. and angry at the time. We were pretty pissed off then, but it's really dragged now. So, uh,
2: so here we go.
1: Their sense of humor is identical to ours sometimes. <laughs> They're just talking about how embittered and angry they are.
2: Wow, that would have been a great clip for the Gary Ray wouldn't episode, wouldn't
1: it? Though, uh, I wanted a little brief. Editorial about this that phenomenon i, I we put we put out episodes <laughs> yeah we, we put out episodes and then i 'll hear as i I'm continually li- doing research maybe not every day but at least like four or five days a week on for this show, uh even during uh quarantine and stuff i was listening you know been logging shows interviews, all that stuff. And I'll come across a clip that is just so frustratingly perfect for the episode we had just put out or maybe even episodes we put out, uh, you know, before that. And I I even asked our Twitter, I said, should I re-edit the episode?" I saw that. I said you shouldn't. It was kind of half and half in the poll, but... Who cares what they think?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, telling you, don't do it.
1: Yeah, for my reasoning was that that seems like a punishment for the people who are most enthusiastic and Yeah, God l- forbid they have to, to listen to
2: these twice. Yeesh. It doesn't seem
1: fair, because how would they... Like, imagine if like a show you watched was like, oh, by the we way... We forgot a scene. <laughs> here's, here's a scene that... And we were just like... Here's how Breaking Bad it. really ended. Yeah, kind of like director's cuts or
2: whatever, which I'm always yeah.
1: too not... I'm, like, interested, but I'm like, I don't want to watch a whole movie
2: again. <laughs> I'd say treat this podcast like the living organism that it is mm. Yeah and have no regrets.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i definitely decided to Leave not... Leave the regrets to me. Not re-edit, unless it's, like, literally within a few hours of it going out there. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, I will you say... You could have, that, like, a
2: three-hour time limit.
1: Yeah. The feeling is pretty horrible, though, <laughs> when it happens, because I work... I work very hard to make these like these perfect pieces of historical archival things mixed with our conversation, and then that happened with Particle Man too. But I don't even want to talk about that. But uh, wabi sabi. So anyway, uh, the Gary Ray interview. My plan in the future was let's do a Gary Ray interview, and then let's have a live '80s show. So yeah, you you are perceptive. That is what we're doing. Their '80s concerts were very interesting, and uh, there's a lot of funny things that happen on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, even with this show, I'm leaving out 90% of things I've heard. I, I picked a, a little sampling, but, y- you know, there's so many little moments here and there w- without context that I'm always trying to think of context for. So let's get into it. Uh, well, let's Please. let's talk first a little bit generally about their 80s shows. Uh, their 80s shows are really until... 90 or so, uh, they were with a drum machine. Yes. I know this is not news to most of our listeners, but just for context. And they, stop
2: being so judgmental, audience. It was the, it was the
1: two of them. We're on, doing the best we can. It was the two of them on stage with a drum machine. If anyone has ever seen footage of the 80s shows, you could see some of that in Gigantic. Uh, really special clip there. Like Flansburg is the real high energy guy. He's jumping around, you know, going nuts with mm-hmm. the guitar. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Linnell's always on accordion, basically. Mm-hmm. It really got to a point in the in the 90s and, and later when it was like Linnell picking up an accordion was like a special moment at a show. But in the 80s, it's like all it was.
4: i repeat it for those who may not have already guessed the world
1: Um, 80s shows are also interesting to listen to because it's there are fans in the audience but it's early in their career so they're not like crazy fans mm-hmm. like they're not like the most sometimes they're
2: not the most like supportive audiences I noticed in the stuff you sent me there's a lot of uh, I'd say borderline heckling <laughs> yeah like kind of wish heckling. they'd shut up a little bit
4: Ladies and gentlemen, my father. I come from a
1: dysfunctional family. One thing I I definitely wanna talk about, which we'll get into is this one show they did in the UK where the audience is terrifying sounding. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of very combative show. There's a lot of clips, um, which I may or may not use though of, you know, Linnell's like annoyed, (laughs) like Mm. very clearly annoyed by the audience being annoying.
4: This next song does require your participation. We ask you to stomp along, snap along, or clap along to the beat being laid down by Mr. John Linnell here. Don't speed up. Don't make the same mistake that so many have made before.
0: And finish up that conversation you're having because it's time for some entertainment. Rock
5: music style.
1: I've got lots of stuff from the 80s and 90s of, of these things happening.
2: It's just the nature of the beast.
1: But yeah, in the 80s, they were kind of a new band still. They were still on an indie label. So the crowds were kind of small. So you could actually really hear when people say
2: things. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs>
0: I'm which, jo- which is which
6: John? Lanell Flansburg. <laughs> There's smoke out
4: there. There is no smoking here mm-hmm. well, no, oh, um, the cute cute, people would like Mine's to but it's really none of your
1: business You could hear various random bits here and there, so that'll come up. Bill Krauss did the sound in the back, you know, and then he was replaced by jean Ah, my old friend. Yeah. Bill Kraus, <laughs> Still very supportive of the show, I'll say that. So yeah, let's let's go into it. Let's go into my actual structured <laughs> thing. Let's do it. The first thing I want to talk about, apropos enough, is uh Stage introductions, what they would come out on stage mm. to. Uh, I'll also say, <laughs> I'm constantly clar- uh, qualifying things. There are some stuff we're going to talk about in later episodes that are relevant to later. For example, yeah, they used to come out and do a uh, spacesuit, And we will discuss Whoa. that when we do the Apollo 18 episode. That's an, that's an example. If you want to email us, be like, why didn't you mention this or that?
2: This is why we're going to do it and shut up.
1: Where did If you haven't been able to tell by now, this show is as exhaustive as possible about every little thing they might be trying to have ever done or recorded or said. Jordan
2: is. And feel free to correct him.
1: So one thing that I just thought was cool is they would, I have a lot of shows in the 80s where they would come out to this like karaoke piece of dirt track. And what I like about this is that it's just like, you can almost take this and make your own like piece of dirt recording. And let's listen to that because it's. It's fun. I also think it's an interesting choice. Like, why piece of dirt? But we let's can. listen. So, I thought that was interesting. Um, one thing that really comes to mind is how we, we talked about how one, I've read a thing recently where, or I heard an interview, it's all a mushroom. Or in maybe my head. you dreamed it. Yeah. <laughs> where um, I was in a red room. No. Um, Linnell said that one of his favorite songs at that time was Piece of Dirt. Yeah. And they said, like, what's one of your favorite songs? And because Linnell is as modest as possible he'll name a song flansberg wrote you know which is so yeah. so nice of him and then he'll tear him down in the next second because he's a bastard um and he said he he says piece of dirt got an emotional response out of him
2: emotion
1: <laughs> what
0: i don't i really like the song piece of dirt that's one of my favorites i get emotional when we play that song
6: but what what about
0: piece
1: of dirt is is emotional for you
0: i don't i can't I, I can't I'm going to start crying if I tell you.
1: Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a beautiful song. Which is really interesting. And, and I like that they started their shows, which can be pretty wacky and crazy right. with this like emotional uh, thing, even though it's mostly just a drum beat.
2: I think it puts you in a mood, man.
1: Yeah, and also we know I that liked it. Bill Krause, like, he um, made those clicks and clacks yeah. happen. He took and, out
2: all the traditional drum sounds. Mm-hmm. I think it sets you up for a, uh, a raucous good time. It's a little bit ominous, too. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of gets you a little bit unsettled before they come out. They definitely Catch have a history guard. of unsettling intros. And now, the next intro,
1: which is going to be a, a major segment of this episode, is called Countdown.
5: Countdown to the program. Checklist.
6: Ten.
5: Your ten fingers reach into the air.
6: Nine!
5: You wiggle your nine toes in anticipation. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? They might be giants have just crash landed their glass bottom car into the control tower at Jim Baker International Airport.
2: That was a dark intro. Were you aware of this before I sent it to you? (laughs) No, not at all. Really?
1: Oh my God, that's exciting. I remember the first time I heard it, I was freaked out because it was so.
2: When did you hear
1: it? Years ago.
2: Uh, Well, so first. Okay, so so you know it for. A while
1: it's a complicated thing, so they had one during the John Henry tour that was similar to that, but without Linnell's funny interludes mm-hmm. and also with some different parts to it. But I actually we might talk about that later during, about when we talk about the John Henry tour. But uh, this one is more funny and more
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh surreal and, and it's kind of similar to the stuff we heard on then the earlier
2: years bonus say. discs, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and this one has a few references we could talk about. So... Lay it on me, daddy-o. All right. Um, well, first of all, we could just say in general, it's very clever. It's using numbers as puns. I did notice that. And it gets, <laughs> yeah. gets kind of like what Lucky Ball and Chain was supposed to be, as we discussed in our right. flood episodes. Did you guys like our flood episodes? Wasn't that a, a exciting thing? That was like 10 years ago.
2: That seems so long ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a different world.
1: Yeah, I know. I remember editing out... Dave made a coronavirus joke, but it was so early...
2: I was ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah, it was weird (laughs) because it was early enough that it seemed like one of those silly things to be worried about. Mm. But then we cut it out when I was editing because we were just like, I think Dave didn't want it. He was just like, eh, it's not funny. Which Dave says all the time about his own stuff, which is often very funny. Thank you. (laughs) But now it's weird that that happened. So one of the first things that John Linnell says is... They might be giants have just crash landed their glass bottom car into the control tower at Jim Baker International Airport. This is a loaded thing here. I thought it was just nonsense. So, glass bottom car is something I looked into when I researched this. What came up, and you'll be, you'll like this, Dave, is this Tex Avery cartoon mm-hmm. from the. Uh, it's called.
2: It's a big assumption on your part. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I want to make clear, this is a guess. I don't know if this is what he's referencing. Oh, my assumption was that you'd like it? Yeah. Dave likes old cartoons. I don't think that's a big assumption. How dare you? Um, And this one is quite uh, sexist. (laughs) Now I really like it. Um, Well, I won't play the sexist part, but I will play the... Oh, come on. (laughs) it has got to be a reason I came over here. I risked my health. So it's a Tex Avery cartoon called... House of Tomorrow. And it's like one of those kind of like 64 World's Fair things. Sure. you like, this is what technology will be like tomorrow, but it's like jokes and stuff. And towards the end of it is uh, this part.
5: These new bumpers were built with pedestrians in mind. Just let them try to get away. This same model has a glass bottom so that when you hit a pedestrian, you can look down and see if he was a friend of yours.
1: That's funny. So, to to point out what's going, this is a a weird cartoon, but it's like I think it's uh, mostly for adults. Yeah, all the penises would indicate that. Yeah, what what happened was uh, a man drove over another man with a car, and then as he drove by, he looked down at the man (laughs) under the car in the glass bottom of the car. We know they've referenced old cartoons and stuff before. Yeah, uh, sure. The big one being Rhythm Section one ad and stuff, and we've we've sort of discovered over doing the show like other possible little cartoon Looney Tunes references so I wonder if this was in their brains their memories uh so that's exciting
3: yeah,
1: um
2: I think so do you think that's the glass bottom car reference Dave it's entirely possible Jordan I like to think we live in a world of wonder I I disagree. <laughs> unrelated maybe but I felt I had to say something so the second part of that line
1: that Linnell has is Jim Baker International Airport
2: Now, where is that?
1: So, Jim, do you know who Jim Baker is? I don't. The PTL Television Network presents Jim Baker.
5: For many years, Jim and Tammy have been welcomed into the homes of millions of people. Now it's a turnabout, and every one of you are welcome into Jim and Tammy's lovely home on beautiful Lake Riley, located near Charlotte, North Carolina. And now with
7: many of our friends, here they are in their living room... Jim and Tammy. Hello, welcome back to our home. It's nice to see. You. Jim Baker is yet
1: another uh, reference to a creepy televangelist uh, who ah, was guessed. a big con artist, scam guy, asshole who's even doing stuff now about coronavirus. Uh, so this is timeless stuff. Is that the guy that always looks sad? No, he looks pretty happy in all the clips. Is that the guy that always looks sweaty? Well, so you might know Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, yes, of course. Because I I remember when I was a kid, Bloom County, the comic strip, (laughs) used to make fun of her all the time. Probably Jim Baker, too. But what stuck in my mind was the Tammy stuff.
2: Is that her? Well, she was lampooned in cartoons a lot and stuff.
1: Yes, yes. So they were a, a couple.
2: Are they still together? Is she dead?
1: His Wikipedia is a is a massive document of scandals and sex scandals and horrible uh, drugs and hmm. a, a lot of stuff going on. So he so I think it, uh, in this countdown is from nineteen eighty eight. By that point he was found out as having mm-hmm. a lot of, let's say, skeletons in his closet, mm-hmm. not the cool kind. Like there's an interview with them on Nightline in nineteen eighty seven about all the scandals, so and this countdown's from a year later. So he was possibly
2: in- entrenched in ill doing a lot of
1: bad stuff he's a bad guy but uh why well
2: let's let's not judge too harshly go <laughs> on
1: <laughs> but uh so but the the thing that i interested me is jim baker international airport mm-hmm. i don't think that's too, uh so much of a non sequitur because what i actually found while watching a lot of jim baker material mm-hmm. uh you're welcome everyone mm-hmm. um there's this one episode of their public access show, or not, maybe not public access. They were on some channel. Private access. <laughs> they, were, they were on some channel. Uh, they had a show and in one episode, there was this special where they announced that they're gonna have all these buildings built, like these massive buildings where people can come and pray. Mm-hmm. And they're the size of
7: airports. They're like giant mm-hmm. freaking building. The partner center is under construction, slated to be open, this summer for the use of thousands and thousands of God's people. Rain or shine, we'll have a cafeteria twice the size of almost the largest cafeterias in America today to feed the millions of people that come to Heritage USA. We've broken ground. Wow. (laughs) The 1,000 seat hall here for seminars, and workshops, and then right in behind that will be a new 5,000-seat auditorium. Did they ever build these? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're like crack dens now or something.
1: It's almost like they're make, he's making his own Disney World or something, right. Heritage USA is the name of it. You know, to fulfill this
7: scripture, to gather together, the devil has really done more for fellowship for his crowd than God's people have done for God's people to fellowship together.
6: True.
7: The enemy has built a fellowship hall in big cities on every corner called a bar. In the middle of the night, you can go down and find a bartender to talk to you. But how many churches are open in the middle of the night? How many Christian centers are open in the middle of the night?
2: You know. That's what I'd like to know. <laughs>
1: Tammy in that clip is just
2: like I don't know. <laughs> She's like I gotta get out of she here. She
1: doesn't. some there's a comment being like she didn't want these built. You could see how unhappy she is. Like, <laughs> I don't really know the whole story there, but so this is my <laughs> this is my theory. Dave is Bringing that down. Jim Baker International Airport is a parody of Jim yeah. Baker opening up these thousand seat visitor centers or whatever the hell this is a theme park, <laughs> whatever uh, spaceship that's going to take everyone away. Um, so that, that's my idea with, with that. Uh, do you, Dave, what do you think about him saying that bars are the devil's,
2: uh, Oh, I agree. <laughs> you can't really argue with it, <laughs> but unfortunately I don't like bars. My vastly myself. more interesting than the alternative. Yeah, there you go. I, I like to accept everyone. You know, I'll go to a church. I'll go to a bar. You yeah. got to get the most out of life.
1: Yeah. Bring there's like that joke in the Simpsons movie on yeah. the church people and I the was bar just people about switch that the other day.
2: That's a, that's a
1: solid joke. People. Um, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. Got a big laugh at the theater, I remember. So
2: it That let, movie came out 72 years ago. Yeah, I know.
1: Actually, that was one of the more disturbing moments. Uh, it was like a year ago, and I was like, for some reason, I looked up the Simpsons movie, and I was like, that was like Was 10. it like 2007 or something? Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I thought I just saw that with Dave like <laughs> a year ago. It was really weird.
2: Those times are precious. <laughs>
5: Already you've forgotten what you ate for dinner. A creeping numbness consumes you. This just in, the human egg has been sighted plummeting from the sky. Scientists standing by to assure us that nothing is wrong have already been found murdered in their laboratories. Seven! Seven members of the group, they might be giants, have quit the band over bitter disagreements about the introduction to tonight's show.
1: All right, let's, let's continue into the countdown. Let's get this show started, huh? Yeah. Uh, we didn't start yet. A creeping numbness consumes you. Tryptophan. yeah, <laughs> maybe. So John Linnell interrupts uh, Flansburg here to say, "This just in: the human egg has been sighted plummeting from the sky." Mm-hmm. I was wondering if human egg is a reference, and it kind of put me down a rabbit hole of insanity. And I, I think, oh, I don't doubt it. I think I might be onto something. So let me first to to satisfy. I'll people's, settle in. <sighs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> to satisfy people's uh, skepticism. It is very likely that they just thought of the phrase "human egg" as a sci, as a bizarre sci-fi concept, right? Okay. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Prisoner or something, right? Some weird um, '50s B movie sci-fi thing. Because the next line is, he says, "Scientists have been murdered in their laboratories." Blah blah right. blah. Hilarious. I butchered his joke, but you know, you know, you get the point. <laughs>
2: Scientists and so forth.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so clearly, this is supposed to be like an old-timey kind of sci-fi thing. But when I looked up the human egg. There is a band and an album from the 70s called Human Egg. Well, there you go. Not just that, but the person who made this band is very interesting and has a history of very um, TMBG-ish qualities. Uh, kind of reminded me of The Residents a lot. And I I would totally bet that they are fans of this person because he's like oh. this legendary... Kind of remind me of also um, when we talked about... Sapphire Bullets? Yeah. It reminded me of Mahav- Mahavishnu Orchestra guy. I wasn't going to remember See the name. See how quickly I forget <laughs> the names of the stuff I used to research? It's okay. Um, reminds me a lot of... Oh, his name was John, because we were wondering if that was right. what the reference was. I so, thought it was
2: referring to John Goodman.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Human Egg is... Uh, I'm paraphrasing this article here. Super obscure oddball disco funk by French studio is. Jean Pierre Massiera. I I mean,
2: that sounds up Flans' alley. So, (laughs) this
1: this band sounds like Monopuff. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, so I'll play you some clips. I've heard of them. Really? Monopuff. Monopuff. Oh,
2: Monopuff. (laughs) Keep up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I probably would like anything that sounds like Monopuff. So,
1: here's a song called Love Like This.
2: Oh, yeah, dig that bass.
1: I could see this being a huge influence on John Flansburgh. But th- there's also a lot of genre bending because then there's a song called Lonely Man that's kind of a folky country thing.
0: The city seems to feel asleep. A frightened man looks all around. Him.
2: the bloody clock had stopped to like in dream sounds like the unforgiven by metallica the
1: idea that the human egg has been spotted plummeting from the sky there is a song on this album called fly what we know they might be giants do is they take musical references and kind of invert them and turn them into surreal jokes fly. So this song is kind of him saying, fly over the world. You'll be like a bird, fly over the world again. I think it's funny for Linnell to be like, and now the human egg is plummeting from the sky. Uh-huh. Again, this is all a guess. This might be totally reaching. The other song I want to play, they have a song called Onomatopoeia that um, for anyone familiar with Monopuff's uh, live shows, <laughs> mm-hmm. they had an opening act and and people on their album called Double Dong. <laughs> do you remember this stage I don't know that Double Dong was this weird acapella group that opened for Monopuffin and Is also on "It's Fun to Steal" the album. Uh, they're in uh, "Extra Crispy." Okay. You know, they go like <laughs> I can't really do it with my throat. As a Double Dong
2: is wont to do.
1: But this one song sounds exactly like them. And again, I, this is my theory: is that Flansburg is is or at least Flansburg, if not both of them are fans of this guy because flansberg seems to be really into these obscure random and human egg but this is only one album the guy made called human egg it's kind of this rare singular thing but then i'm going to go into another album he made that really reminded me of they might be giants but so this is onomatopoeia I like that in your ears, Dave. It's
2: awful. It's <laughs> truly awful. But yeah, it is exactly like that one part of the monobole song.
1: It is. Um, so a few more things that seemed that connected this guy to they might be giants to me. His other album that he's made is called Venus Gangs Love to Fly. And then he has another album he made called Herman Rocket's Spacewoman. Mm-hmm. So that made me think of For Science, which is about sure. a Venus woman from space. So there are like these two things this guy has. One is called Venus Gang and also Love to Fly, which is interesting, all about flying. And then the next thing is Herman Rockets, which I think is a fake name. Herman Rockets Space Woman. So he's like writing things about like women from outer space, like For Sciences. Mm. And then the other thing is he made this weird concept uh, album that's like this 18-minute instrumental sort of, there are some chapter stops in it, but uh, it's called Horrific Child. And I know you, this is the cover, Dave. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yikes. Um, it's is that so, an
2: anglerfish with an afro? It's like some
1: sort of fish with an afro, and there's a, an eyeball and a steak. This looks kind of like the residence covers, yeah. or also looks like Captain Beefheart uh, to me. Um, these are, if anyone doesn't know, these are weird bands that made surreal music that wasn't exactly uh, mainstream sounding. Uh, Which I think they might be giants admire a lot, you know, Um, so horrific child to me recalls rabid child child. Um, I've not really heard the word child used in that way a lot Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe because children are so precious as we all know and And agree on future. Yeah, let's listen to a bit of horrific child (laughs) Yeah, his his goal for horrific child was to make a psychological experience. So it's not really music so much. There there there's parts that are music. So it's very artsy. It's a 33 minute. Did I say 18 minute before? Yeah. It's a. (laughs) That was wrong. It's a 33 minute. Why so short?
2: Yeah. That sounds like a story by Violent Femmes. At the end, it reminds me of story.
1: It, It also reminds me of Goblin, the band that did the music for Dario Argento movies, and it's like. In Suspiria, right? It's just like, la, la, la. (laughs) It's like really weird. It's the kind of music that definitely
2: unlocks a portal to somewhere.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I I wonder if they're fans. You know, I did try Googling his name, and they might be giant, see if anything came up, Mm -hmm. and really nothing. Uh, They've never mentioned him as far as I could tell.
2: you got to get this album cover off your screen, man. It's freaking me out. Yeah, it's really
1: scary. I'll post a picture of it on on Twitter. Yeah, you got
2: to show the people what we're reacting to.
1: Now might be a good time. Our Twitter is at Don't Let's Pod. You could see a bunch of stuff about each episode that we do, and also a bunch of attempts at uh, humor from me throughout the, the week. There you go. So, yeah, uh, th- those are the main reference points for Countdown, but we can talk a bit about the rest of it just because it's funny.
5: Six! You
1: begin to feel sick.
5: Flash, Professor Psycho Fuckup, arrested and convicted of gate-crashing the show tonight, has hung himself by his watch band in his prison cell. He is listed in perfect condition. Five! Your five senses swell as you realize that history is not being made tonight. Rather, it is being consumed by a creeping numbness standing next to you. Four!
1: No one seems to know what this is for.
5: Overturn tractor trailers, rubbernecking, bumper to bumper.
1: Then John Linnell comes in, and I tried to find if this was a reference, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is. He says, Professor Psycho PsychoFuckup. And as you'll, you'll hear... Oh, that's clip. what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Psycho Fuckup. Uh, this is not a thing as far <laughs> as I could locate. It's a great name. It, it also remi- it reminds me of like these old serials or something mm-hmm. and that would play Definitely. before movies or whatever. Um, I have a DVD of the Batman ones that I've never opened. That's good to know. Number five is your five senses swell as you realize history is not being made tonight. It is being consumed by a creeping numbness standing next to you.
2: You know, I agree. And that... <laughs>
1: That's kind of what we, were what we were about. talking about before. Yeah,
2: that's right. History has its eyes on you. John
1: Linhell says, overturned tractor trailers, rubbernecking bumper to bumper, which is really funny. Uh, that's just, uh, I was even looking up like old traffic reports. To A little see, traffic humor for everyone. See if I, I could there. find that. Um,
2: well, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I think the the real thing that is exciting about this countdown though, is that it it continues past one. I was excited by that. And it goes, well, and also there's this like uh, self-deprecating joke that make way for the one band that can overcome the zero in their bank account
2: great joke
5: only three seconds remain until they might be giants hits the stage over and over again Two. It's time to sit back and make way for the One Band that can overcome the Zero In their bank account. I don't mean to be the Negative one But you'd be Negative two If it weren't for the fabulous show you're about to enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, make way for They Might Be Giants. <laughs>
4: Thanks a lot. Good evening.
1: So to use negative one and negative two in, as puns, as wordplay, is something I've never heard before. <laughs> uh, it must have happened somewhere, but I can't imagine where or why.
2: Probably on Sesame Street.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I remember year, when I was younger hearing the countdown when I was getting into the Giants and finding all the rare stuff and just being like, Oh my God, they're so
2: damn <laughs> clever. Like, I just couldn't believe it. So this was the yeah. intro for every show. Like consistently for a number of years? What's weird is that these
1: intros and and all these shows that I hear, it's all different. It's like different every time. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I only have a small sample of all their 80s shows. I have like
2: Hmm.
1: maybe like 15
2: of them. But they're still doing it into the 90s.
1: They resurrected it in 1994 for John Henry. But re-recorded it and did a shorter, quicker version that didn't have all the weird surreal stuff
2: in it. I see.
1: Yeah, this is the kind of thing that I wish was included on then the earlier years or, you know, Mm. like, we know that they have this big archive of all these, like, stage intros and things they'd send to radio stations. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Thankfully, what we have is pretty damn good quality, though. I am thankful. The next tradition from the 80s live shows that I want to talk about, that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, is Scream as if You're in Hell. Oh, sure. Yeah. Classic. So let's listen to some Flansburg setting up Scream as if You're in Hell to a a eager audience. <laughs> we have one special request
4: to be here in the House of Gusto. We all know that there's one, 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 one little thing that everybody likes to do more than anything else. And that's what we're going to ask you to do right now. We ask you to please. This woman has the right idea. Please, ladies and gentlemen, it's 1988.
6: Scream as
3: they you
4: Now, now... In the middle of the song, we ask the audience to scream as if you're in hell. This is your sound check. Please, ladies and gentlemen, don't be shy. Scream as if you're in hell! I hate, I hate, I hate to divide an audience. I hate to divide an audience between the genders, but I can only hear women screaming, please, boys, help us out and scream as As if you're in hell. hell. hell! I don't know why German crowds are louder than American crowds, but German crowds seem to understand intrinsically the meaning of screaming as if you're in hell. This song is called Hideaway Folk Family. In the middle of the song, we ask you to scream. You know how to do it. This is how it goes.
1: So scream as if you're in hell was... Something Flansberg asked the audience to do or demanded mm-hmm. the audience to do during the as he says the sixteen bars in hideaway folk family right that were were the bridge or that what is the bridge of the song on the album he has the spoken
2: word thing he does that now
1: yeah they they did this for a while i I saw it personally in ninety seven or so at like in one of those Irving Plaza duo shows, and that was really fun um but they've been doing this since the 80s and, and it's in almost every bootleg I have is them doing this. This is a song from our record called They Might Be Giants.
0: And in the middle part, there are about eight bars where John is going to invite you to scream once more as though you're in hell or maybe you even feel that you're in hell. In either case, this is Hideaway Folk Family.
1: I guess I want to talk about it on a few levels. One is just Flansburg's showmanship level, Mm -hmm. which is that he's just so great at addressing a crowd. Uh, Even if it's like not going well, it's just funny. He's like, (laughs) he's just like always like has these funny things to say. Uh, In that clip I played, I like the the line about uh, German (laughs) because they just came from a tour in Germany, which is why he said that. I also want to talk about in terms of like re reassessing the lyrics of that song. Like it's we've talked about in our episode where we dis, uh, discussed it, uh, though, in a much briefer discussion than I think it would would be these days in our podcast. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got home after four hours Seriously. instead of seven
2: hours. <laughs> Um, I got things to do too, you know.
1: Just yeah, the idea that it is like the song is like a horror movie. Yeah. Though actually, this is this is just occurring to me now. This is a good point. Uh, speaking of clips that I discovered after doing the episodes, mm-hmm. there is a clip from a later show of Flansburgh talking about the origin of the title "Hideaway Folk Family." So this is not an '80s uh, best moment, but I'm going to play this while we briefly discuss "Hideaway Folk
2: Family." Let me hear it.
4: Don't end prematurely because it'll, it'll spoil the whole effect. We're just looking for a standing wave of pain just running throughout the audience. And if you really want to freak the people out around you, just, like, rotate around <laughs> so do it. Uh, kind of do that with Linda Blair on. It's very effective. You get a little bit more space for the rest of the show. <laughs> a little more elbow room.
0: So, John, there really was a Highway Family, was
4: it was a uh, it was a Fisher Price toy. Is that is that right? It was a catalog. It was something in some uh, catalog called the Hideaway Folk Family, and it was just like a toy that had drawers and things that folded down. It's complicated. Here we go.
2: Another old toy. Yeah, it is
1: interesting that uh, Toddler Highway and Hideaway Folk Family are both like songs that play off these old childhood toys Hatcha too really so flansberg seems to kind of uh like i don't know he's exercising some old some
2: (laughs) something maybe someone has a fetish
1: (laughs) not everything is about fucking (laughs) dave there's a lot of interesting things about that clip even uh which is that linnell prompts him to explain it Mm -hmm. which is so rare uh as speaking as someone who's listened to like a hundred They Might Be Giants shows or something. That just never happens. Like, Linnell seems to not really want to explain what songs are about. Uh, Flansburg usually Mm -hmm. does want to. Uh, When Linnell does want to explain a song, he kind of usually says it as a joke or it's something he'll say at the same show for like 10 shows in a row. So, yeah, it's interesting that he prompts him to explain the title. And it's kind of just this rare moment of them pointing out one of their obscure references. Like, it'd be amazing if they did that more. But it'd also be almost disappointing, right? Like, you don't... It's fun to discover them yourself, in a way.
2: There's a certain amount of mystique that you want to keep in your heart. Yes. Forever.
1: Um, So, and once again, with with the Fisher-Price toy thing... Just turning this children's toy into this horrific song that seems to be about mm-hmm. uh, this family being murdered or something or hunted, I don't know, is interesting. So then you, you tie that to scream as if you're in hell, which is just the idea that, like, we're all going to be in the song, you know? We're all going to, like, feel the feeling of this yeah. song. <laughs> Like, I don't think scream, Feel burn. scream as if you're in hell would work for like, I don't know, like
2: Birdhouse. Birdhouse. <laughs> <in your song. laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs>
1: exactly. Though I was thinking, I was trying to think of a song. I'm like, it actually would work for a lot of their songs.
2: Well, like I said, there's, uh, there are themes that run, especially with Flansburg, exercising old demons. Exercising demons. As exercised they must be. <laughs> it keeps them in shape. Back to you, Jordan.
1: <laughs> um, whenever I whenever I say a, a, a joke, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted to tell everyone. You know, that our, you had a slide whistle the new, this whole time. The new era of the podcast. If this is season <laughs> two, we're we're bringing in sound effects. We're bringing in. We wait,
2: have to say a few words about what's been bothering you lately. Oh, where to start? Well, you know, my wife. She crashed the car. Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was supposed to be a blues riff, which I apparently don't know oh. how to do. No. <laughs> oh, they might be giants. Let's keep talking about them. <laughs> This is going to be an argument in emails about what to cut or not.
2: Oh, it's not going to be an argument. It's it's cut.
1: <laughs> oh, there's one other scream as if you're in hell clip I wanted to, to play, which I thought was funny. Because uh, they might be giants. They're very... Uh, they're, they often, in these, in these shows, are very tour-weary. They have a lot of opinions about the places they've been and
2: the experiences they've had. What's it called when you're weary and you don't go anywhere? That's what I am.
4: We have a very special song now because this, this is our first time in New Orleans. And our first time here. And, and the heat is making us delirious. So we'd like to remind you that we've left out the music in the middle of this song so you can solo with us the band, they might be giants. We ask you to scream as if you're in hell. This is your sound check. Please, scream as if you're in hell! (laughs) No, no, that was the scream as if you're in Houston. This is scream as if you're in hell!
1: it's funny i think venue songs was a great uh outlet for them to like make fun of all all different places they've been to and all there's like a lot of of it's funny because they'll play a show and then you'll listen to a bootleg and a few shows later they'll be like trashing the place (laughs) that they just played a show and we're like you guys are great it's pretty hilarious so that was scream as if you're in hell dave you have any other thoughts on screaming as if you're in hell and how often do you scream (laughs) as if you're in hell
2: it is one of those rare times where you actually get to do that in public and um, yeah. not be seen as a raving lunatic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it works when you're surrounded by a thousand right. people also doing it. Right. Not so much when you're like in, at your office and you're in the like the men's room.
2: Right. Which is when you want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that in the elevator. <laughs> um, that would be very startling.
6: Yes, 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 yes.
5: Thank
0: you! Thank you! For a minute there, I thought we
1: really were in hell. But we're not. We're right here. So the next, uh, this is a bunch yeah, of yeah. Let's kick it up, you. This is the next, yeah. Let's get the energy. But for for people listening, we have to keep the air conditioner off because <laughs> of sound, and it really drains our all our body energy is being is being used to like. Well,
2: it's a swarthy eighty three degrees in New York here. Yeah, so I don't think that's the word. you Oh, can did use you hear
1: the describing. new uh, Tim Swarthy stand up <laughs> special? <laughs>
2: now I'm glad I said it. There it goes. I really <laughs> am against that. Well, d- let's see what our fans think. I Do you like the slide whistle of being incorporated into the show? No, because now they're going to overwhelmingly vote it in. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have 51% stock in Don't Let's Start. That's true. A podcast. Um, <laughs> well, they might be giants. So let's move on to the
1: next uh, portion. Which I'm voting you out. <laughs> which I don't really have an official title for, but in my notes I wrote Magic Occurring When Technical Issues Happen. So something consistent with these shows, partly, uh, in large part, due to the tape backup, is that technical issues uh, stop the show dead. <laughs> the old ghost in the
2: machine, we call it.
0: Here's a, a song off our brand new single, wreck And uh, it's on the flip side again of the, uh, the single. And this is called It's Not My Birthday. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, we do this once every show, and sometimes more. Let's try one more. I gotta hear those clicks.
1: I want to stress: we're not. I'm not doing this to make fun of them. I know that they probably hate moments like these, but I, in my opinion, they handle them so great with great aplomb they are very funny during these moments and there it's it's very look we've both been in bands we've had technical issues happen on stage it, it really
2: is the worst feeling Pretty in the much world every show I, it's kind of guaranteed. Yeah,
1: I, I have nightmares. I, I I have reoccurring nightmares still, where um the I, microphone I doesn't work, yeah. or my I forget well the amp
2: doesn't work. I forget
1: how to play guitar, or my hands don't work.
2: It's like weird. Your hands turn into spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You start having sex with <laughs> your your mom,
2: um, but maybe I still have those nightmares uh to this day. Yeah. And that's you know people. It's funny when you're perform people like you get nervous it's like as long as everything's working it's a rehearsed show yeah <laughs> it's, i don't have to write a song on the spot exactly um
1: though speaking of writing a song on the spot let's let's talk about that you're welcome so there's this one uk show that i mentioned where the crowd is absolutely insane we're going to hear a little bit of that now something that happened once is they had some bad technical difficulties which we'll hear about and what happened was Flansburg apparently seemed to make up a song on the spot mm-hmm. to fill about a minute. And this is kind of like a weird, rare, They Might Be giant song in, yeah. in a way. So, so let's listen to some of, of how that all came about.
4: Did all the sound go away in the middle or was that just a flashback that I had? All right. Well, that's the dependable British sound that we've come to look for. All right. No, no, no. It's really worse in New York, I can assure you. <laughs> get talented, get and you're so fucking talented yourself, sir <laughs> 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 right.
0: But be- before we break our wrists, patting ourselves on the back, it's time to see if we can play a new song.
4: We, we can't understand the word you're saying.
6: Jesus, there's
0: been a technical problem.
4: This is a brand new song. It's about having a drunk guy put his face in your face. Don't make the same mistake that so many have made before you. Mr. Gnon, is this, is this happening or is, is there a yes, problem? We're in London, we're on stage, and there's no sound coming off the stage.
2: Do they like They Might Be Giants? Like, are they there because they're fans?
1: Yeah, they seem like so uh, angry. Maybe we're misinterpreting anger as excitement in, yeah. in the, the British voice. So so as you're hearing, they're struggling on stage. The audience is yell- not making it easy for them. They're yelling right. at them, which I think m- makes your anxiety go up. You know,
2: It's like when you show up for a comedian and heckle them. I don't understand that. Yeah. You paid money to... See something you like, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but what that leads to is Flansburgh makes up this song called
2: Jukebox. And I was wondering about that.
1: There's this a weird. It's a good song. I'm not quite sure. I'll say this. I'm not quite sure if he's making this up on the spot or not. But it, it certainly sounds to me like he is.
2: Or if it was something he was kicking around.
1: Exactly. Um, but let, let's let listen to him, how he handles this uh, problem. Okay. Do a song, yeah. yeah. Well, hello, everybody. It really might be time.
5: Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> new box, new box, new box. Help me, please, help me, help me, hear my plea. Send my baby back to me. Oh, help me, new box, help me find
6: my baby, 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 baby.
5: Some monkey took my baby, boy, gone downtown. My baby, show He he away. help me find my baby, 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 baby. Jukebox, 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 Help baby me, help help baby Baby, baby, baby
1: So that's a great song. That's a pretty damn solid song. Um very Johnny Cash. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Extremely
2: Johnny Cash. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's like a real song. What what it's interesting to me is that he doesn't even leave gaps of instrumental to maybe think of some words. Right. It just keeps going and going and going. And they might be giants are no stranger to making up songs on stage, but this this is still kind of a rare moment where this almost is classified in my mind as like a they might be giant song.
2: It's a freestyle, um, as good as Eminem.
1: The strange thing is, though, if you research this song... Um, it's And li- I won't. It's- Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> John Lovitz. <laughs> it's listed in a 1994 set list mm-hmm. that they played on the radio, on a radio show, which I don't, I don't have. So I was trying to find out if anyone has it. I couldn't find it anywhere. But there's a radio show, I guess, when they are promoting John Henry, where it says on uh, TMBW that they played this song so I don't know if that means they played something else called Jukebox or they actually is this is a song that's just in Flansburg's brain literally for
2: five, six years I want an album version of that song I've never heard that before two days ago
1: yeah, yeah and I like it yeah, it's funny because that was just kind Jew of buried box, in my Jew files. Box. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Baby, 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 baby. Someone just took his, a monkey took his baby <laughs> and shook his baby around. I guess a monkey would, would took do that. my baby shook my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I can tell Dave's really into the song.
2: <laughs> help me, help me, please.
1: <laughs> so that's one amazing magical technical difficulties moment. Another one is in Hamburg. And where a lot of technical difficulties happen, I think. You
2: know what I'm saying. And um, you guys know what I'm saying. And this is
1: an ex- extremely rare live performance, uh, at, especially at the time of "Toddler Highway," because I think uh, the sound stopped working or the accordion stopped working. Let's let's listen to how that happened. Here we go. Thank you very much, uh,
0: John tragedy has on some duct tape from our crew, if they're anywhere around.
4: Uh, I'm going to have to sing a little song by myself. Uh, I will have to take my time. Uh, The harsh white spotlight of despair is on stage right now. This song is called uh, Toddler Highway. In the morning sun, around seven o'clock, the parking lot fills round Toys are Us And my little girl, she will get away Ride her bike down Toddler Highway Take your clothes and play Toddler Highway yeah. Okay, well... <laughs> Accidents like this happen to us usually only in New York, so this is a very special occasion here in Germany for us to completely crash
2: the whole show. So no one applauds that. <laughs> I guess they didn't know it was a song.
1: Yeah, if that was me in the audience, I'd be freaking out at that they did a, <laughs> a spontaneous, rare song from their first album. That, that's amazing. This was from 11 87
2: Man, oh man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you believe that date? Um, similar to Flansburg doing Toddler Highway. So w- we talked in our, our flood episodes about uh, the time Linnell did dead when there was right. a problem, uh, which wasn't a technical problem. It was that uh, Flansburg was sick. But what I didn't know, I thought it was a special, unique moment that was a emotionally powerful way to end that episode. Uh-huh. But he's actually done that before.
2: So you were wrong.
1: He's actually done that before, years earlier. Uh, so this is from... 1125, near my birthday. Uh, 80, When's your birthday? 1124. 1125, <laughs> uh, 89. And uh, something happens, and Linnell, this is what's exciting, he debuts Dead. So this is the first time Dead has been played, and this is 1989. Check it out.
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to do a little song for you now. Okay. <laughs>
6: Okay,
0: this is continuing the death theme. It's been kind a of hallmark of our show. The song's
2: called Dead. I returned a bag of groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before
5: the eyes. For when I was eight, I made my younger brother have to be my personal slave. Did a large procession wave the torches at my head?
0: Still alive and there's nothing I want to do. Now it's over, I'm dead.
1: that's that's an amazing moment uh he says i've never played that in public before so i mean they really didn't play it at all during like a lot of flood shows apollo 18 shows john henry shows so when i saw him do it in like the late uh 90s it was still a big deal because i think it had been like 10 years
2: does the fact that it was played before sour that experience for you
1: you and know, you cheapen it. the more you you look at the context of your memories, the less uh, unique and special they are, and then you just <laughs> you just end it all.
2: <laughs> I think that's healthy.
1: Um, so that was a cool moment. Uh, uh, continuing the theme of of things happening, uh, technical difficulties happening. This is kind of silly, but this is just a moment that makes me laugh. That I've laughter is important. That I've always uh, thought of for some reason. There's like random things. Who in,
2: will save the world? The clowns, Jordan. There's random things the in clowns. my head
1: all the time, and this is one of them. Is while Flansburg is tuning, Linnell has to eat up time <laughs> yeah. by saying things, and there's a lot of funny moments like that throughout these shows. But this is one that I think of a lot. So enjoy this. Let's this see little if it moment. lives up to that setup. It, it definitely won't. <laughs>
2: He must be important.
0: You know, John and I have been all over this stage. I've been over there. Well, actually, I haven't been over there yet. (laughs)
1: that's that's
2: it oh that's that's the whole thing. okay
1: for some reason i always think about when saying we've been all over this stage (laughs) as if they're saying something like he's saying it the joke
2: is that i don't need to explain jokes (laughs) right
1: as if they're talking about some like amazing travels they've had
2: look sometimes when you pan for gold you get some fool's gold pan
1: for gold wow i remember learning about that in like first grade (laughs) 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 um so here, here's. I think we're just sort of deep in the technical difficulties section. So, of our show,
2: or uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> of uh, yeah, you know, we have that in common with them. So let's listen to this one of uh, them trying to to make to make Cowtown happen.
6: Whoa,
5: whoa, whoa!
4: Wait,
0: wait, stop, stop, stop. stop. sounds like it's a little bit funny. We found that the problem with doing
4: shows <laughs> at over 150 degrees there's a continuous for Japanese guitar out of Tunis. It was a little
0: bit fast. Okay. It's okie That's the voice of uh, Mr. John Grenade. The guy with the longest hair. In this
7: room. Val and Joey's waiting outside. With
0: there? With who? Oh, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Up, okay. Oh my god, it's happening. Our little world is crumbling. <laughs> we knew when we went to the crossroads and have the devil tune our instruments. Granada, I just want to double-check with you. The mouse is securely lodged inside the
3: load, correct? The mouse in your house is fine. The Good mouse
0: go. in my house seems to be doing okay. Yeah, we'll
6: just play it. And then we'll what of. car!
4: Reminded, it sounds like the tape's fast. <laughs> is, the, uh, is the pitch control thing you in? Never, d- don't do a technical show. If you're starting a band, don't do this technical stuff. Because it never works out. So, um, is the pitch control pulled on? The pitch is pulled on, it's yep. set, or it's always set? No, it should be pushed in. Push it in. <laughs> I think the child just figured out something about the organization.
0: Well, this is the most from ear to ear, This is
4: the most important show of our life, Bernard. <laughs> the lady from New York Magazine is reviewing us. Okay,
6: well,
1: I just want to make that. Fair. I hate to laugh at the. I really do hate to laugh at their misfortune, but it's just so funny. I mean, honestly, I, it, this, this sounds like a good crowd where they're on their side. They're supporting <laughs> them. I think if it happens in front of a good crowd, it's it's kind of a it can actually be a nice moment. But yeah, so I like a bonding experience. <laughs> our world is crumbling.
2: Um, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. That the backup tape speeds there's up. there's backup tape. Yeah, there's there's
1: there's all these problems with it. There's there's like syncing it up. Sometimes they just miss the cue and they're like, ah, oh, fuck! Like let's do it again. So I, I present these clips to, again, give an idea of like what their live shows were like, is that there would often be these little moments like that. A lot of it was about syncing to the tape, them hearing their cues. Folks, it's like you're really there. Close your eyes
2: you don't know the difference.
1: And we're gonna reach the, the big part of this section uh, to talk about something I've been excited to talk about since we, sort of since we were planning uh, to have a podcast, which is Indeed. one time this happened during a show.
4: I've got a fish- I'll be with you in just one second. Mr. Grenon. are you ready with that cassette thing? You got the cassette up? You know, when you're in a rock band, you get a lot of interesting tapes in the mail. Drum solo. But this is by far the most interesting one we've ever gotten, so I'd like to go, believe it, Not really, but it's got our name in it. It's kind of strange. We promise not to play the whole thing, but just play a little bit of it.
1: Drum solo! Oh, wait, pa- pause it here. Not <laughs> to interrupt the, the thread, but I made a special note of this. Um, there's a really f- funny exchange that happens uh, to the two people near, I guess, the tape recorder. So, so let's listen. So a guy yells <laughs> drum solo, and you hear his response. Drum solo!
4: <laughs> You're an asshole, right? oh, I know it. I fucking know it, man.
1: <laughs> that's funny that's like out of like a richard Linkladder movie or something <laughs> these like two dudes like i know it man i fucking know it wow i love I, that like really jumped that felt like from a movie to me it was amazing unbelievable anyway to, to continue uh what's this mysterious thing flansberg is going to play to the crowd let's check it I out i can't
2: wait
6: See the ruins rise
1: The days to come i might be giant too uh, it's listed online as i might be giants too but i listened very carefully as i always do you better have pretty damn sure it's i might be giant too wow this is a weird song so this isn't a song we're going to dive too deep into in terms of the lyrics and stuff because uh they might be giants didn't write it as you heard Flansburg say uh, uh, someone dropped this tape off so it's a song that uses the phrase they might be giants
2: is it by james taylor
1: <laughs> yeah i can see that so well this is what i want to talk to you about because this is some, one of the weirdest uh urban myths <laughs> in they might be giants history um you know, you know that horror movie urban legends if they might be giants had a horror movie of their urban legends this, this would, man
2: never existed this would
1: be like the climax of that movie this man was
2: killed 30 years ago
1: <laughs> um so flansberg at one point said that this was by the band Deep Blue Something
2: Okay um, Spoiler: Is something the name? or he You
1: don't know didn't... Deep Blue Something? No Oh, uh, maybe you know this song by them, Dave You'll say
6: We've got nothing in common No common ground to start from And we're falling apart You'll say the world has come between us, our lives have come between us. Still, I know you just don't care. And I said, What about breakfast to Tiffany?
2: Oh, this song? Sorry, I'm not president of their fan club.
1: Out of all the things I've chastised Dave for not having heard of, uh, I feel a little bad. But Yeah, the that, yeah, but I have heard of it. The na- yeah, he knows the song. The name of the band of is course. Deep, deep Blue Something. Ter- I never terrible to, band yeah, name. Yeah,
2: I never bothered <laughs> to learn that stupid name. Um, so here's what's... Spoiler alert. It's not on um,
1: me. This, They did not do I Might Be Giant too. Okay. Flansburg, for some reason, thought they did or lied and said they did. <laughs> um, what I find interesting, though, is... I believed it, because that really does sound kind of like them. It sounds like the guy's voice. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm right. trying to do. Yeah, no, it does. If you compare it, um, I've actually got a way better uh, quality version of I Might Be Giants to here, which is uh, I just discovered literally a minute before Dave walked in the door, is I found that there's actually an MP3 from uh, Radio They Might Be Giants.
4: Radio
1: Which was an internet Uh. service they had that had random songs, and and in these random songs there'd be some really rare little gems. So they actually put this on there. So let's listen to the the good quality version. Maybe I'll I'll fast forward a bit into it so you can hear more of the song.
7: How long for her? And somewhere
5: under the sun. Now it doesn't seem so far.
6: I'm further from your heart
5: They might be giant. This world might go too far. I
6: should be safe in the tears. I need an ocean to get to you. I might be giant.
2: pleasant donald pleasance so there's just i really hate that song there's a lot
1: to talk about here um you you like that song this is what i want to talk about um i don't know because (laughs) so for years fans thought it was a they might be Giants song because it was on dial a song Mm -hmm. so besides that it clearly had a different vocalist (laughs) fans just assumed this was a they might be Giants song some Mm -hmm. weird thing they made and when you have a bias as a fan, you like a song because mm-hmm. you just kind of like it. Um, so for years, I thought it was They Might Be Giants. Well, it doesn't
2: sound anything like them.
1: Well, over the phone, it's especially hard to tell. Mm, perhaps, but, um, perhaps. But then when F- then Flansburg comes out and says it's Deep Blue Something, which yeah. is the Breakfast at Tiffany's band. And again, I'll say I really think it sounds like them. <laughs> um, I'll say the Deep Blue Something person in that band said that it's not them on MySpace. Wow! So there was this whole investigation that happened where someone was amidst, that like
2: a big controversy that
1: needed investigating. Yes! Wow! This was like the BTK killer. <laughs> Why did I say that I don't know. So the Deep Blue something people are like not us. I think they're like not us, dude, or whatever. They're, no, I don't know. But um, it's weird because it sounds like them. Um, so what we've got here, folks, is the a family. is a good old fashioned mystery. Uh, I. Of course, I tried to find out who made it, but there's really no way to do it. I googled random lyrics here and there; Uh nothing comes up except that they might be giants. Context. Um, you, know,
2: you don't think that they actually did make it, and he made I, up that whole story, and they he's might just be doing a it? yeah, and he's just no, doing I, a voice. I, I think I be- in the days to
1: come, the, I believe the clip we played where he's like. um, He's like i won't play too much of it like he clearly doesn't like the song yeah and he's telling the audience that he, they're not gonna make <laughs> them listen to it um it's a weird song because um you you'd almost think and maybe this is admirable you'd think a band doing a song a tribute song about the might giants would put in like they might be giants references and mm-hmm. stuff but it's its own thing the lyrics are weird it's this kind of mythological thing about the The world needs to be saved, and poor Mother Earth is going to die, and the giants. Are, Mother Gaia. The yeah, <laughs> the giants know this, and yeah, Dave, do you have any opinion on these lyrics? I've, did you look up these lyrics? I'll show them to you. They're. I did not. They're not of, in my opinion, they're not of. They might be giants caliber lyrics, but they're not. Un, they're not uninteresting. They're. They're. <laughs> uh, they're kind of what would the word be histrionic or they're a little overdramatic, you know, over
2: overdramatic about, I should be saving the tears. I need an ocean to get to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I might be giant. It's weird because again, my point, you'd think a, a, a tribute song where you say they might be giants. I might be giants who would be funny, right? Yeah. It'd be like a funny song, but it's actually this like, really, it's like, we are the world. Almost. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself is more funny, and <laughs> may, I don't know if it's intentionally supposed I don't to be think funny. It is. <laughs> and I think Flansberg always found it funny. I know, I know. I also heard it live in the '90s because they they used it as an intro, also not to go back to the intro thing, but they used to open shows with that too. Uh, when they hmm. did then their earlier years special shows, uh, that would be what they ca- came out on stage to. And I remember thinking, like, what is this? <laughs> like, is this them? Like, I didn't know.
2: I think it sets a mood.
1: Yeah, it does. Oh, well, so I want to pain
2: is deep. Yeah, <laughs> poor Mother Earth, her heart is sweet. I left the light on, I turned the
7: screw, I changed the channel now. I can't find you, I paint my number,
6: I cast the thing. I'm the leader now, so I can't Whoa, 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 whoa. I know, I know There might be shines. I know, I know
7: What did you find? Mm.
1: This one's weird. I paint by numbers, I catch disease, I follow the Oof. meter now so I can be free. What did you find inside the grave? That's kind of TMBG-ish. Yeah. Bones lain with silence lost in their place. It's weird. It's it's the kind of lyrics I don't like where you're not really, it's kind of all like, I don't know, I guess it's the melodrama of it. It's like not not, mm-hmm. my, not my kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't have the personality, I think, that they might be Giants lyrics and other bands I like have, you know, but I want, in terms of is it a good song, I, all I'll admit to is it's gotten in my head a lot, uh, i in my head today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a melody I hope it leaves. <laughs> I'm a melody fan. And in terms of melody, like, it's got a good melody. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I used to, especially when I thought it was They Might Be Giants, I used to th- sing it and think about it, you know, and, and just the past few days preparing for this episode, I just keep thinking, you know, in the days to come, <laughs> na, 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 na. like, it's, it's a, it's a solid song. Maybe, maybe I've had a better production. Maybe if it wasn't so um, dramatically produced, maybe. Maybe just someone playing it on a mm. guitar would sound good. I don't know. Um should cover it. It's an interesting thing in, in They Might Be Giant's history that I've, I've, I'm have i glad to, to have discussed. What band do you think secretly did it? Or guy? It might not be a band. It might just be like a person. James Taylor. James Taylor. I could kind of see that. I mean, he basically like has a song like that. <laughs> like as far as we know... Like, the person might not be alive right now. They might be just some random person. It's weird no one's ever come forward and said anything, you know? Who did this? I need to know you be you. Be you.
6: This world might go too far. I should be
4: saving the tears.
5: I need to know-
2: It's another mystifying artifact.
1: Yeah. One of the things I love about being a They Might Be Giants fan is there's just this wealth of weird stuff, you know, tapestry falls through the
2: cracks. (laughs) You don't tape it.
1: So we are done with the technical issue segment, though that might come up in in the future. I'll mention, like, we're definitely still going to have clips from the 80s shows throughout episodes as they are relevant. Right. And there's a few things I'm there's actually a really big 80s tradition that I'm I decided kind of at the last minute to save for the future, and I have a very specific reason for that. So I, I
2: trust your judgment. I'm only
1: gonna hint at it, but it's it's a big thing they used to do at a bunch of their shows. Blood orgy. <laughs> now this is a little brief segment I want to talk about. Alternate lyrics. Uh there's a few songs that were in their little proto uh f- fetal <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> versions, yeah, and they had a few different lyrics. Uh, uh, only two that I could really, that I think are significant. Um, one is "I've got a match," which, by the way, we talked about this before. They didn't do "I've got a match" at the Lincoln Show we saw because they Those said they got they got so sick of doing it in yeah. the eighties. It's almost in no bootlegs I have, so I don't know what they're referring to.
2: I don't think that's a real it's, reason.
1: Yeah, It seems like they rarely did it. But here, here's a version. If you listen to this clip, you'll hear the alternate lyric that Linnell (laughs) sings that I found quite intriguing.
0: (laughs) I did as well. We have these rest songs in between the (laughs) jumpy, crazy ones. And this is um, also from our upcoming record. You're getting the idea now that we're doing a lot of songs from the record that we're making so that you'll buy it later when it comes out. This song is called I've gotta match your embrace and my collapse. Beat up the can if you need someone else on the mat I take a ride, put it in your grandpa's mind
2: Come on, that's vastly superior to what they went with.
1: I kind of like it. It's weird. Doesn't it's great. it? Doesn't quite flow off the yeah. you're out <laughs> of your mouth well. Let us clarify for people who maybe didn't hear it. He says, "I, I take a rock and put it in your grampy's mug, <laughs> rather than I put a rock in the coffee in your coffee mug," which is a great lyric. Uh, you know, to r- reflect on that again. You think it needed more syllables? <laughs> yeah, it needs more syllables. Put it in your grampy's mug. Elderly abuse, Dave. This is sh- what he was advocating. <laughs>
2: I think it should have been called Grampy's mug. <laughs> Come on, man.
1: We say that as, as a joke. That It's not far off that, uh, yeah, Grampy's mug. So interesting. I've never even heard the word Grampy, really. I mean, it seems like, because he could have said Grandpa's mug. Yeah. Like, it's the same syllable, right? Put it in your Grandpa, Grandma's mug. Yeah. Auntie's mug. <laughs> could have been Auntie. So, what an interesting... Uh, What an interesting alternate lyric. Um, I wonder what our our listeners think of that.
2: Do you think that was a real contender for staying as the lyric? Or do you think he just did it right then and there in the moment?
1: Yeah, I I have other I've got a matches from this time. That's the only time where he says, put it in your Grampy's mug. What's curious is that's a later performance. Mm -hmm. So in the other earlier performances, he says coffee mug" like normally. Hmm. And then in a later one, you think he might have just improvised that on stage at one point. Uh, maybe he was trying to make Flansberg laugh. <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's weird. We're probably overanalyzing it.
1: Yes. Um, the next set of alternate lyrics is something I, I found very interesting, and it's from Purple Pay from the mid-'80s. And Those are quite different. They're very different, and let's, let's check that out. This is the song where we do stage diving, so I hope you're all ready for this part. Right.
0: This is uh, from our upcoming record, which uh, we're still working on right now. So we don't know how exactly how it's going to come out. But this song is on it. And the song is called Purple Toupee. And it goes like this. I remember the year I went to camp.
5: Meanwhile,
1: on the west coast, there was trouble for the day. Somebody put their fingers in the crack. for the blacks. So let's talk, so there's a few different lyrics in this version. Um let's talk about that. Instead of I heard about a lady named Selma and some blacks. Uh, <laughs> it's it weird to say. It is a bit, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, mean, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile on the West Coast there's trouble for some blacks. Actually looked into what that could be referring to and I'm not going to go too deep into this cuz it's the last thing we all need right now but uh there's something called the Watts riots in uh 1965 August 11th huh. to 16th and it's in LA so yeah it's it was a ri- riots that broke out because of uh you know a, a an African American motorist uh, being pulled over, and you can guess w- what happened. Hmm. But uh, so I think Linnell might be referring to that. Uh, meanwhile, on the West Coast, there was trouble. Right. Um, he changed it to the Selma thing, which I think is has a little bit more of a clever touch to it because he's you know making the name of a place to right. be a woman. Yeah. Uh, so I thought and that more,
2: was you know universally known. And
1: yeah, that's true. Though that's not usually a concern of <laughs> they might no. be giants. Um, <laughs> So let's keep listening to the song and hear another alternate lyric that I, I found a lot of Dazzling Deep
2: meaning in. Dazzling.
6: We'll <laughs> ah! Shining
5: spill we're fine in the fog. We
0: tried help him find no one appreciated that. Martin X to man, my monitor's too loud. Ten years later they were sharing the
5: same cell. So Asked the why my memory was bad. People stepped on my hair and they told me I
1: was fat now. Okay, so two things there. One is that he improvised my monitors too loud to let uh, yeah. Bill Krauss, uh, I
2: think. I know don't think to he should have said monitor. that in the song. No. That's but, my personal belief. But uh, you gotta say that off mic. <laughs> then he said,
1: I asked the Fonz why my memory was bad. I think this is a brilliant lyric and I'll tell you why. Please do. Who was the Fonz? He was uh, a character on a sitcom called Happy Days.
6: Sunday,
4: Monday, Happy Days Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Days Thursday, Friday, Happy
6: Days The weekend comes, my cycle humps Ready to race to you These days are all happy for me. Now,
1: Happy Days was a like idealized memory mm-hmm. of the 50s made by a sitcom in the 70s and 80s so it's like a reflection of what purple Toupe is which is Yo. that someone hazily remembering mm-hmm. something from a f- few decades earlier and getting it wrong so him him using the Fonz as a reference point in the song is like really interesting in that sense. And even the the show called happy days, it's sure. like, Oh, remember when everything was happy. <laughs> it's like, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean, Dave?
2: Yeah. I think that's an apt point. Thank you. I, I think it's, you're a good guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you ever watch happy days? Are you familiar with the show? I did.
2: I watched happy days a lot. Really? I yeah, don't, I never did ever. Truly happy days. Shaped me, made me who I am. So you have
1: happy days, thinking
2: of happy, watching happy days as a kid. I mean, I'm sure it was just on TV, and
1: I kind of watched anything. So it's like this, like endless. This funnels into funnels of like thing referencing the happy memories and then people get memories and then in 10 years i'll have a happy memory of talking about this with you will you <laughs> when our podcast is dead and gone um, or we are i'll be like remember when me and dave talked about happy days and it was this like great memory and dave talked about remembering happy days which was a sitcom that remembered happy days from the 50s
2: keep going <laughs> it, it'll keep adding to it. Then our listeners will remember us talking about this. And, and then our children and our children's children. I should say, though, the only episode that I liked was the um, Jumping the Shark episode. <laughs> I just watched that <laughs> you one. You really only. go against the
1: grain. That's <laughs> when the show got good.
2: Yeah. That's it's, the only one I liked. Yeah. I was going to ask are these, I didn't pay attention to the dates, are these before or after album versions? That's a, a great
1: question, Dave. The um, Purple pay one is from March 88. So Lincoln came out in September '88. So what you hear in this clip is they really had the backing track down, mm-hmm. but Linnell I think was retooling the lyrics up until like you know pretty right. close to recording I think. So that that is not uncommon. It is quite interesting. Sa- similar with I've Got a Match. That one's like a, y- a year or so before Lincoln. So those are the alternate lyrics. I think there's a few things here and there that are different. Um, he definitely does a few different things in like the Puppet Head Bridge. In fact, I'll, I'll play a I'll play one of my favorite clips of that. another 80s live tradition that i've been wanting to talk about and this goes well beyond the 80s dave is the stick oh yes let's get
2: down and dirty Mm, guys let's talk about the stick
0: the cry goes up I think we have a feeling there's going to be trouble.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, the stick! Benevolent, but clinically insane.
1: Omnipresent, yet alcoholic. So Dave, how about you? You know, I've been blabbing my stupid head off. Why don't you talk about the stick?
2: (laughs) The stick was a giant stick with a microphone on the end of it. Every... Every...
1: Dave's sentence is worth a thousand Jordan Jordan words. Oh, <laughs> go on. They put a microphone on a giant it makes stick. A huge sound. and yeah, Ear they, bursting. They did some sort of a, what would be the technical term? It's reverb. I thought it's ear bursting. <laughs> it has what's called a gated reverb where it kind of comes in very suddenly and kind of ends suddenly like a drum hit. Oh, I see. Okay. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing on the stick mic, maybe with some other... Um, mysterious effects that we don't even know about. Witchcraft. It kind of is like a witchcraftian thing, like banging a stick in the ground. Yeah, right. Order! Um, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the stick was used uh, exclusively on Lie Still Little Bottle. It still was for a while. I don't know if there's some lyrical thematic reason why it was used on Lie Still Little Bottle, except the, the... the acoustic feel of that, like the, it's mm-hmm. on the album, it's the only one with real drums, you know? So it's, they didn't use a drum track right. for it live. They could have. Um, so I think it's more just like this is a song where it'll be like acoustic, you know? And I, I use that word in a way that encompasses all instruments, including sticks. So let's listen to some clips of the stick in action and. Uh, let's get sticky. And <laughs> we're getting sticky with it.
4: So um, this, uh, this song. That's right, that's happening. Yeah. This song is called Lie Still Little Bottle, and is not featured on any record that we're selling in the back of the room, along with the t-shirts. So, this is how it goes. This song is called Lie Still Little Bottle, and it goes like this.
1: So, one interesting thing about the stick that they definitely stopped doing... Uh, after the 80s was that they used to invite audience members on stage to bang the stick in the song. That's an
2: invitation for disaster.
4: Okay. We know from the one story we've read about this town that this is a highly musical town. So we're a little scared, but we'd like to ask one citizen of Bremen, not an American exchange student, but an actual citizen of this town to join us on stage. But they have to have a good sense of rhythm. Okay, we have a volunteer, ladies and gentlemen. Are you sure you're not an American exchange student? Because the way you said me was kind of an Americanism. No, oh, you're German. Good, good. Come forward. Citizen. Because we're on, a, we're on a mission to spread love and joy throughout the universe and, uh, and meet more German stick players. Okay, what's your name? The way the song works is uh, you, the audience, start the rhythm, then uh, Mr. Collins will step in and join you, and then uh, Mr. John Linnell will play the opposite rhythm, so it's like It's kind of a jazz thing. Don't let it confuse you. and, um, and then I'll start singing, and then um, uh, somebody will light the stage on fire and we'll all have to leave. So um, this is how it goes.
1: And this could have been in our technical difficulty section because in almost every version I heard, they break it. They can, they don't break the stick, but the person can't keep time and they oh, end sure. up throwing the person off stage. So <laughs> let's listen to that. It happened in Berlin here with uh, Pete. Something weird is that three of the shows it's someone named Pete, and they're in different uh, countries.
2: There's no such thing as coincidence. So uh, what I I'm was saying. wondering
1: is if it was like some weird bit where it's always the same <laughs> guy named Pete, but it doesn't seem like it if you listen. So let's listen to Pete
2: uh, f- fuck up the stick. Pete fucking up, Pete fucking up.
6: <laughs> Pop along <with> the <laughs>
2: And they're at the fence. Like, if you were up there and nervous, you might lose time. Yeah. To, it's probably pretty intimidating.
4: A bad not enough for me. I need a hand.
1: Oof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you take it back, right, Dave? <laughs> well,
4: we're wondering if there's if there's somebody else in the audience who'd like to give this a go. Perhaps perhaps <laughs> <laughs> why don't I do it? I never do it anymore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, this is we're we're going back in time to a simpler simpler time for the band. When I used to play this thing. I hope this doesn't distract people.
6: John
0: the original
6: stick my student. You praise him, all fear him. The stick.
0: You
1: praise him, he plays him. The stick. And Mr. John Flanders. So anyway, he <laughs> the guy keeps slowing down. He's Oosh. missing the beat. This happens a few times in different shows. They they kick the guy off stage. Um, one thing we should definitely listen to is that insane UK show this happens and wow is the audience not happy
2: (laughs) so let's check that out a little bit do you think they've been drinking a little bit
4: this is Gavin I met him in the bar (laughs) Gavin is gonna um... no no we did that song already you didn't even notice you really hurt our feelings by requesting that song. I just want you to know you can all stop shouting amongst yourselves now for just a brief minute. As I explained this next song to Mr. Gavin, the trick to playing this song is you don't listen to what Mr. Linnell is playing. We tried this here once in England before, and it was a tragic mistake. But, but in, the, in the name of, um, trying to see if it works again, we're going to try to see if it works again. Hold on a second. <laughs> But, <laughs> you want to help me out with a little finger snap or hand talk? <laughs> I've got
5: them
6: <some> already. <laughs> well, that feel was bad. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. You need a
5: professional step player!
6: Gavin, you're fired!
4: No, he was good. He was good. He was good. Gavin was very good. But there's an incredibly high standard that we have to keep our music at. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's
2: have a warm London round of applause for Gavin. A very warm- blah blah blah. <laughs> oh, does anybody have something they want to say? <laughs> Terrifying. For song. Ow. Ow.
4: And again, Gavin, it's, it's not a personal thing. We've, it wasn't. It's, no, I understand. Gavin is, is not a percussionist professionally. I didn't understand the first thing he said, and I didn't understand the second thing he said. So I guess I'll just have to go back to percussion.
2: Wow. I think what
1: we're hearing there is the people going to the microphone and talking, the people from the audience, <laughs> and then someone says, ow, as if they got, like, dragged away from it. <laughs>
2: um, what a free-for-all.
1: Another interesting thing that they did at a few 80s shows, I don't know how many, but I, I've got, like, two of them, is uh, they used to open for themselves mm-hmm. as an acoustic duo called Count Drinks-A-Lot.
5: To count Drinks-A-Lot. Count Drinks-A-Lot. To-
6: Acoustic band good
2: manners thank you i got it really
4: had nothing to do with us please hold your screams until the
1: end of the night so this is something they kind of do in other ways now like they've had they used to be a fake tribute band called sapphire bullets where mm-hmm. they would do flood in order before mm-hmm. the show in that you know in that context but yeah there's a few shows where they opened as count drinks a lot and there's a couple little interesting moments from that um one is so they would do these kind of interesting songs acoustically uh, they did one version of they'll need a crane with mm-hmm. just like a very very minimal drum track just like tambourine or something and we can listen to that a little bit so
4: has been changing. we're evolving it moving more it's an electric kind of feel so uh,
0: electro funk kind of a feel yeah.
4: so uh get prepare yourself to um shake your body all the way down to the ground on this next song this song uh features features a drum program that we put together ourselves and, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna see how it works out just this one we're Going time. rogue. <laughs> uh, a couple of wild mavericks this song is called they'll need a crane
1: So yeah, I thought this was like a cool version of They'll Need a Crane. Oh, there is one rare moment where they do When It Rains, It Snows, which is a pretty rare song for setlists in those times and forever really. So we can listen to that. I thought that was awesome that they did that song. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that in the intro you you might have caught this but it's count drinks a lot from Queens, New York. <laughs> what do you think about that, Dave?
2: Me and Dave are from Queens. I'm offended. Don't don't mix up the boroughs, man.
1: What do you think the reason is for count drinks a lot to be from Queens? Maybe they were
2: of lesser stock. I don't know.
1: <laughs> we're we're winding down here. We're almost done. We sure are. <laughs> I want yeah, I know. We're in an air conditioned room in the dead of summer. Um one thing I wanted to point out that I thought was just something to give you folks a smile on your face because
2: life has been pretty hard for everybody. I think you meant cause life's been so smiling. Let's add more, smiles, more smiles to your smiles. life.
1: Um, I've got three examples of John Linnell laughing during a song and I, I darling, th- look, all I can say is it kind of warms my heart. Uh, and uh, no offense to Flansburg but one of these is because Flansburg and <laughs> I've got a match here from an 80s show. Flansburg clearly uh, messes up the guitar and it makes Linnell laugh and I thought that was kind of cute in a way. <laughs> Beat up
0: the cat If you someone
6: else i I put my ride right In the coffee in your coffee mug <laughs>
1: Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> I can't not laugh at that. It is funny. Um, here's one of Linnell's laughing. Scheidenfreude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's Linnell laughing during Mr. Me, which is uh, such a sad song, uh, Dave. <laughs>
5: the Mr. 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 made sad. sad. really, really, sad.
0: sad.
5: sad. He ended up
0: really
4: really really sad he ended up sad ended
1: up what, so what do you think makes him laugh there I, in my, i have no my idea theory about. is it's his own silly voice he's doing <laughs> yeah I, I love that moment and then as for the third one it's uh she's an angel um let's let's see what makes lanelle tickles lanelle's uh
2: lanelle laughter super funny bone here <laughs>
5: Met someone at the dog show She was holding my left arm But everyone was
0: acting normal So I tried to look nonchalant We both said I really love you The Shriners loaned us cars
6: We We raced up and down
0: the sidewalk 20,000 million times Why Did they send her?
2: Maybe someone made a face in the audience.
1: Yeah, what was that about? It really cracked him up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I thought those were like really nice moments. Um, I've never heard yeah. i never heard Flansburgh uh, laugh during a hmm. song uh, unless it's one of his boisterous Hotel Detective <laughs> insane laughs. And Dave, we're re- we're really reaching the end of it. The, there's one more thing I wanted to. Well, do you have any do you have any thoughts?
2: <laughs> I think it's nice to hear a young boy's laughter. <laughs>
1: That was the creepiest thing you possibly could have said. Um,
2: You asked for it.
1: As a special treat to everyone, this is something that nobody has heard before. This is a rare, extremely rare. I don't even know what word to use because rare implies that maybe it's happened more than once. But this has only happened one time Mm. and it's a live. It might be the debut and the final performance of I don't know of we just go nuts at christmas time which they performed on uh from the same show the new year's one we just listened to december 31st 1987 so everyone enjoy we just go nuts at christmas time single sing singular single live performance that uh, that i know of that exists Here here you go we go
4: Up the driveway, down the walk, oh change hair is like the mom's.
5: Who's got
4: a own, but acts like something's different from the eyebrows up? Seems like only yesterday. R D I B O R C E. I love you both, and your tight is pure H E W L for me. And we just go nuts at Christmas time. That's when everything falls apart We just go nuts at Christmas time But it's another year before we're together again You know, John and I were driving up the Northern California Highway and we were thinking to ourselves Just go nuts at Christmas time. That's when everything falls apart. We just go nuts at Christmas time. But it's another year before we're together
0: again. Thank you.
4: And keeping with the Christmas theme, this next song, this next song is called "I Was a Snowball in Hell."
1: So that was some of my, maybe not yours, but my favorite moments from their '80s live shows. You know uh, what?
2: They're, they're, now they are my favorites too.
1: Yeah, I convinced Dave. He came in here very skeptical. I was. He had his arms folded. I, I was just uh. A real nuisance. <laughs> um, hopefully more 80s bootlegs will be discovered, actually. And maybe I can add more in, in future episodes. We can add more to this. Hey, all
2: right. Yeah. Sounds hey, good. Not too bad, cat. Not too shabby for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> for for a free show. Um, look forward to that. So here's something we haven't done in a while. We can catch up on. What? It's time for Letterboxd. Whoa. I never know what you find when you open up your This letter comes to us from... Glenn. Uh, Glenn. Glenn wrote a, a quite a long uh, email. So we're going to take a snippet of that that we thought was interesting. To, <laughs> Not to imply the rest wasn't interesting. To Glenn. delve into. Glenn says, I also wanted to mention something that I thought might have been a missed connection during the Lincoln episode. How dare you, Glenn? <laughs> I didn't miss anything. I never miss anything. I guess 14 hours on anything <laughs> isn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if the protagonist in Anna Ng is imagining themselves a mysterious soulmate from the other end of the world and obsessively wondering if they are missing their chance to connect with this person like ships endlessly passing in the night. It's beautiful. I got goosebumps. Couldn't this also connect to the verse in Shoehorn with Teeth? He asks a girl if they can both sit in a chair. He doesn't get nervous. She's not really there. Perhaps this girl is Anna.
3: Whoa. And this is the same
2: protagonist sort of living in their own head and inventing misconnections with a soulmate who may or may not actually exist. That's very interesting. Um, Jordan, eat that. While, while I'm not uh, one
1: to discourage this sort of uh, fan interpreting thing, I don't, you know, I might contradict myself here. I don't think they might be giants are literally uh, consciously connecting songs together. But it is true that we've talked about in the past, there's like Big, Big Hortum and then the Big, w- Big Hortum and Nightgown of the Sullen and Moon. And we've yeah. definitely caught um, references to the same
2: things in multiple songs. There have been conscious and unconscious connections mm-hmm. and themes that run throughout.
1: Yeah. And the fact that Anna Ng and Shoehorn are on the same album... And they almost bookend each other, really. They almost, you know, it's almost one of the later songs on Lincoln. Right. It does have a, a symmetry that I like. And I, again, you could say this to John and John, which I'm sure we will if we ever interview them, and they might just be like, "Huh, what?" <laughs> but I also think, you know, me and Dave talk a lot about there's unintentional art uh that mm-hmm. happens there's unintentional things you know it's definitely happened to us we've yeah. w- i've definitely um especially i noticed in film school because films are a very um uncontrollable thing when you're making one because mm-hmm. you can't you can't control what people are doing in front of the camera you can't control the weather you can't control the stuff but i would see all these things that connect to other things in my in the short films well, there's I made. no such
2: thing as coincidence we yeah. are all one. So,
1: I I do I do like that thought that that shoehorn captures in a sense the feeling of of displacement from the one you you might love one day. So, uh, very good email, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, thank you for being our inaugural I, I sort of do see this as season 2 in a weird way, maybe because of the long break. Right. Uh season don't 2 of start, Planet Earth. <laughs> also, <laughs> That's when the, it got really bad. It's <laughs> always the worst one. It's when the showrunner left. Season three will be better. It's when it, that's when a horrible new showrunner took over <laughs> that everyone hates. Season two is the docs. <laughs> I, I, re-watched, I rewatched that season, and it's actually really good on rewatch. Um, all right, next email. So this next email in the letterbox, or should I say letter, is from Aaron. And he says, Ahoy. Loved the fl- first Flood episode. Dave, we're not only going to read questions, we're going to read compliments because I think that, that helps me feel good. So they, they loved the Flood episode. And and Aaron said, I thought I should mention the Flood logo is a reference to this logo below. And he he sent a, uh, a picture that looks exactly like the Flood logo, but it has different, uh, it has letters in the, uh, what are those, yeah. spokes? <laughs> and then I asked him to explain. Because <laughs> I didn't because <laughs> <laughs> sorry dave <laughs> i'm cl- closer I'm right to the here. mic than normal i think and he said it's the international alliance of theatrical stage employees i yeah. see it at the very end credits of movies randomly and i do too well you should have yeah. fucking said I something i know i dropped the ball it's a union for behind the scenes workers so maybe it's a reference like they are the workers behind the scenes making you music quote installing and servicing melody uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I think Aaron, Aaron's on the ball. Um, it's funny. I mean, most people would not expect a, a They Might Be Giants pod- podcast to spend like 45 minutes on the art for Flood like we did. But we did, and we still missed a crucial <laughs> thing, and that, um, that that bothers me, but it's also great to, to set the record straight here. Um, Alliance of Theatrical, International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees.
2: And I don't think there's any mistaking that that's where the logo comes from. No. It looks th- exactly like this. It. This, to me, is what they call
1: a home run in, in the <laughs> baseball uh, game Yeah, that people like and to play. And that's what they
2: call that. <laughs> yeah. So, next, so, Dave, what's next? All right. So the next letter in the letter box is from Eric. And uh, don't er- sound so excited, Dave. I wasn't. <laughs> and uh, Eric had a really good email that was a little bit long, but worth. <laughs> reading in its entirety yeah So we're gonna read the whole thing uh so hi Jordan and Dave I've been thoroughly enjoying the show thanks so much for all the deep dives into the minutia of TMBG lyrics and history you're welcome I was listening to the first flood episode this morning and I had a thought about the lyrics in the first verse for the, birdhouse um, yes the canary is known as a songbird but this particular canary can't sing he's a nightlight so the light is wait, his song well
1: interrupt you that's like so
2: sad He's like, <laughs> he's shaped like something
1: that can sing, but he's can't actually sing. That's like, that's like oh, a so am I. T- torturous predicament
2: that makes the song really sad. Um, so when he so, says,
6: so am I.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> when he says the room must listen to me filibuster vigilantly, I think is referring to the fact that the room is going to be filled with his song, uh, comma, the light. The filibustering is less about the political act of holding up proceedings, but more how he's going to keep singing his song on and on. I think this also fits with the line one note spelled L-I-T-E as his song is made of light. Yeah, you know so that... So let's stop there and then go yeah,
1: ahead. Yeah, that line did kind of confuse us. We we I think I remember in the show we were like, this is a weird lyric, one note spelled L-I-T-E. I don't remember
2: anything we said about Burry House, so... <laughs> uh,
1: well, because we we pretty much, you know, not to... <laughs> We pretty much nailed every lyric of that song. But uh-huh. but this was one I remember and I've always well, I've always been kind of like, why is it one note spelled L-I-T-E? And the idea that, that um Aaron, Glenn, Eric <laughs> the idea that Eric is is putting across that this is a songbird who's who would normally communicate through singing and that's why i would say one note spelled l-i-t is that he's not just singing oh this is so great he's not just singing because we're listening to an album by a rock band mm-hmm. he's singing because that's all he can do and and i think that's like an interesting meta meta thing and in, in the song i mean almost like the anna ing you know painted on a bridge mm-hmm. they might be giants like to kind of literalize the song uh, all not just the, the lyrics but the, like literalize like what you're even kind of like in a musical where it's like you you wonder like are the characters singing really mm-hmm. like is that like literally happening i mean this Breaking is like the fourth wall
2: yeah eg- yes. exactly so that's one very lucid point uh here's here's another goddamn it um, also, I'm wondering if the Longines Symphonette is referring more to the brand of radio television from the, in parentheses, I want to say, 1970s. So maybe it doesn't rest because the radio or TV is always on, just like the Canary Nightlight. And he closes out by saying, damn, they're good lyricists. They are good lyricists. Um, so, yeah Joey, can you expound upon that? <laughs>
1: I don't know about his idea that uh, radio and TV is always on because you can turn them off. But um, that's true. But the idea that yeah, Lulangi and Simpanet. I mean, I, I remember when I was researching for that episode, it, it really opened up kind of too many options for what that could refer to. So it might be this. He, he uh, Eric actually sent photos of this brand of so radio, radio brand. and TVs. Yeah, it says it right on there. So he he might be onto something. Maybe it doesn't rest because it's an appliance. (laughs) I don't I don't know. Yeah, but Um, don't
2: you ever think that when you turn off the TV, the shows are still going on, man. That's true. I guess the the waves in the air don't stop. And the people like, you know, inside the TV. (laughs) Yeah. Right? That's how TV's made. When I was a kid, I thought that's how it was made. That's pretty dumb. Okay. So thank you, Eric. Excellent job. Wait, he ends it by saying,
1: keep up the great work, guys. Sorry. This next letter is from our good friend Daniel, who we talk about a lot, who's a listener of the show. He, he, we played his cover of A uh, Rabbit Child he did. That was really awesome. You guys remember that? we got to get him on the show. Daniel says... This is about Dead. Yeah, the this song this, Dead this from is the album dead. Flood.
2: He says... From the band They Might
1: Be Giants. Daniel says... This is Daniel's email. Man-o-nam. The discussion about the Bowery show with us all singing Dead and then the clip of it at the end of the show had my head covered in goosebumps all the way home. His head... <laughs> so Daniel's responding to me and Dave's confusion about the why would you uh, remove uh, groceries that uh, are before the expiration date as opposed to when they expire, mm-hmm. uh, which we actually got a few emails about. <laughs> um, Daniel says, so groceries have an expiration date after which they must be removed from the grocery store shelves. If they're removed before the expiration date, that means they've met an untimely end and weren't able to fulfill their potential in parentheses of being sold to customers so the first two lines are saying essentially the same thing but in the second line the narrator is himself the bag of groceries. He's stuck in a repeating karmic, possibly, cycle of unfulfilled potential, mirrored by the cyclical direction of the music and the verse: down, 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 up, up, down, 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 up, up. And in the round of sorts, in the chorus, with uh, that's you, the Konami with, code, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, the round of sorts in the chorus. The round uh, for listeners out there being uh, Linell's voc- backing vocals. You mm-hmm. know, that's what that this Birdhouse in Your Soul does a similar uh, thing. Um, we're all doomed to die, quote, too early without accomplishing anything we wanted to do due to or along with being miserable and unmotivated while alive. So Daniel... That's one
2: way of looking at it.
1: That is quite uh, powerful and and interesting perspective on Dead. He's he's probably onto something about the grocery store analogy or the grocery... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to really follow that. You
2: you could be (laughs) taken off the shelf for good reasons though, right? You could be taken off to be If enjoyed. you have a, a racist mascot. <laughs> that's that's a great reason. No, I'm saying if, if you, maybe you were taken off the shelf by a customer who enjoyed eating you.
1: Yeah, I was a bad, you know, this, this song, <laughs> I, as much as it seems like we're, we'll figure it out, I feel like it'll kind of never be figured out, which is what I love about They Might Be Giants. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for this and and other emails thank we've you, gotten Daniel. from you. And let's hang out soon. See you soon, buddy. And uh, good luck with uh, that that horrible thing you're going through. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cryptic. Yeah,
1: um, Dave. What, what next? What, there's so many letters. They're falling on my head. G- grab one and and sh- tell me what it says. <laughs> All
2: right. So the last letter box letter. For now. Final letterbox letter for now. This is from Ryan, and he says, This morning I purchased my very first TMBG ticket, and <laughs> I cannot wait for March. That's a bittersweet thing to read. Oh, yeah. In honor of this, my question is, Do you two have any memorable TMBG or non-TMBG, if you'd like, concert experiences, cool performances, strange fan interactions, etc.? Uh, Dave, why don't you go first while I percolate
1: well, perk, I mean, perk, I, I, I'm going to do that while you talk, if you don't mind. Perk, perk. <laughs> I, I actually was really interested to know what Dave was going to say. So one day, I will let him <laughs> tell me.
2: That's fine. Um, I mean, I already talked about this on, I guess, the first episode we ever did. Whoa, remember
1: that? Were we ever so young?
2: Uh, but really, my first They Might Be Giants concert was probably the most memorable. Tramps 98. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just for that transformative, you know, experience of seeing them live and uh, being overcome with the live experience and performance, and
1: yes, the the beefed up sound. I I remember that that contrast of what you were used to from the band and then being from the
2: realms, yeah,
1: yeah, and then just being like completely engulfed in this huge sound was was crazy,
2: and it was a pretty rowdy show. And that was back in the day where we were probably, you know, in the front. <laughs> and, yes, we would you know, show up in, hours early in the sweaty bodies. Yeah, and that was the other thing too. It was like literally 2 or 3 hours maybe before the show started waiting out in the freezing cold. Yes. Um so and it was, you know, New Year's and there was more things that happened after the show. So it was just kind of this whole night cuz we did go to a, a party night. afterwards. I don't
1: remember that. Did something happen? <laughs> it must
2: have been a good party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just like that transformation um, was very memorable to me. I mean, I've seen them, you know, obviously numerous times since, you know, and I'm sure there's little specific things that happen at each show. Um, you mm. know, the first time I brought my wife to see them was very memorable. And, um, and then the, the first time you brought your other wife. My to see other them. wife. my second <laughs> When they wife. met at the third show um, you brought to. You know, a lot of opening bands too. Like I, I remember it being very special yeah. when Mucka Ferguson yeah. opened for them for a while um, and their show being so... Uh, Almost you know giving they might be giants run for their money, yes. Because they're very interactive. They're v- very good stage presence.
1: Yeah. This, um, they
2: Might Be Giants or opening Cornwell. bands. <laughs> yeah,
1: Cornmo's is a good
2: one. Also really giving it as a whole.
1: Yeah. Uh, the opening bands of They Might Giants is something that I, I can't decide if I want to like devote a whole episode to talking about. Because I've we have so many stories and, and things to say about so well, many of them. I became
2: fans of a lot of those bands.
1: Or, or if we should just bring them up as they come up. If you want to talk about opening bands, the show that you're talking about, your very first show at, at Tramps uh, in New Year's 98. Eight, the opener was Carmeg DeForest and
2: this Which was very memorable too yeah and yeah. this
1: is someone I became a huge fan of yeah. and me and Daniel who was at the show with us both became a huge fan right. pretty pretty instantly so basically Carmeg is a guy um, who he's just by himself he's got a ukulele uh, sometimes I think he plays guitar he's got a little uh, like a hotel concierge bell he's um, got bells he's got a bell yeah. on the ground that he, that he hits I still with, remember yeah he hits with his foot Um, Some of his songs are a little like Folky political, but a lot of them And the ones I prefer, as you know me I I like more abstract stuff They're kind of um, They're like dark stories I
0: had the flu real bad last winter
7: Had a dream about a father and his son Henry who was 42 And Jason who had just turned 21 Henry thought, my god, my son's exactly half my age. And the more he thought about it, the more he flew into a rage. He's the same age I was when I had him. Now my secrets are no longer safe. But I'll change. I'll
6: change.
7: I'll change. I'll change. I'll change so much, you won't even recognize me.
2: Yeah, they're kind of like Lynchian.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carmack DeForest is great. He's got great albums. If you want to support, uh, so this very independent artist, who's he's kind of got a Lou Reed, Violent Femmes feel, and Gordon Gano from Violent Femmes, who mm. me and Dave uh, both love. He's love. on his first album. He like plays guitar on, nice. on his first album. A- as for my answer, so yeah, it's, what's it, yours, Jordan? You've terms, seen
2: them so many. Times. Well,
1: he said any memorable Team G or non Team G. I'll, I'll say this. I have countless They Might Be Giants memories. I'll mostly talk about them on the show as they come up in context. He mentioned fan interactions in this email. Um, I can say my first few They Might Be Giants shows was really like a, so to put this in context, I I don't, I'm in junior high. Uh, I don't have any friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, In high school, I, I don't really, I didn't really have friends either. I mostly am very quiet all day in high school. I'm very introvert. There's a lot of people in my in my school who are very extrovert, kind of, I wouldn't say bullies, but they're just kind of like, you know, like jocks and stuff like that. And and suddenly I I go to They Might Be Giant shows for the first time. I distinctly remember this being outside, like, uh, Irving Plaza and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was, I remember doing a Linnell They'll Need a Crane video impression for a bunch of people online. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of flopping my hair around and doing his, like, dance stuff and people were like laughing and we were all singing the song and it was it was really like another world it you was you were
2: celebrated it was
1: kind of well, the first i wouldn't time. i wouldn't even go that far but it was more just like i can't believe i'm doing i'm acting like this in front of people hmm. and that was like a strange uh feeling for me and it, and there was this, this time where i felt very excited to not just to see they might be giants when there was concert coming up but to like you know, hang out with people for the f- <laughs> only time in the you know several months, like, oh, I'm gonna hang out with a group of people. Hmm. This is before I met like Dave and Daniel and people who became my actual friends, but there was like a period where I really like didn't have a social life. I wanted to mention a non-TMBG concert experience, and this can kind of s- segue into unrelated thing, if you'd like. I was thinking of. An- When when someone asks me a memorable concert experience, kind of what goes my mind is like, when have I like cried at a concert, like or felt like <laughs> insane emotion? Um, I just wanted to to plug uh, someone who I, I really admire. Her name is Cynthia Hopkins. She's a, a musician, songwriter, composer. Uh, she's a writer. She does all this stuff. I think she, she records audiobooks too. She's like she has a great voice. Um, Cynthia Hopkins is. I saw her open for David Byrne first. That's how I first saw her. Uh, david Byrne was a whole other memorable concert experience actually but um she opened for david Byrne, and she she played a saw uh she played like a a saw like that you would chop down a tree with a singing saw a singing saw so that was like whoa she's interesting she also played accordion so to a nerd like myself i was like whoa she's beautiful (laughs) um makes sense but it wasn't just that it was that before each song she told like a several-minute-long story that put the song in context.
3: Um... Those of you who know me uh, may not realize that I've been operating under a pseudonym for quite some time now. Um... My real name is actually Queenie. Um... uh, That's the name that was given to me by my adoptive father, who was a little man from the circus, who, um, purchased me from my real parents when I was five. he was a good guy, but he was, he was sometimes a little overzealous in his job. Um, there was a girl who worked with me in the circus named Rosie who was blessed with a rare gift. She could levitate at will, and she tried to keep it a secret growing up, but her parents discovered it, and, and much like myself, she was also sold into the circus um, at a young age. But she hated the circus life, and she hated being branded as a freak, and so... Um, she decided to, to run away, and uh, when the little man found out, he was enraged, and um, this next song is what he sang as he chased her down a, a dark country road in Georgia, uh, on horseback. And um, she was able to outrun him because she was driving a car. But uh, <laughs> if you hear any um, you know, gunshots or horses during the song, it's just that's the little man chasing her. On his horse and shooting at her. This is called the Little Man's Mournful Cry. Yes, you are. And
2: then the song's amazing because you, you've been put into this movie. Sounds very similar to uh, Rasputina these like crazy it is. stories yes
1: <laughs> yes and i did get it and it I, makes you feel crazy actually, when you
2: hear them <laughs> seeing
1: rasputina with dave's wife was a memorable experience because the woman from rasputina was yelling at her bandmates in publicly in front of oh, everyone yeah. <laughs> and that made me extremely uncomfortable um she does that a lot. she chastised her like celloist for getting a note wrong or something <laughs> it was just like i do in it was my the band. most awkward i've <laughs> ever felt in my life oh my god wait i thought of another great me and daniel Me and Daniel saw Weird Al Mm -hmm. like a long time ago when we were like 14 or something, maybe 16. Uh, We saw Weird Al and this uh, magician comedian opened for Weird Al and the audience. Wait, wait. magician and comedian? (laughs) He was like juggling and telling jokes and the audience was booing him. The Weird Al audience. Where does a Weird Al audience get off booing anyone? (laughs) (laughs) The audience was booing him. And the guy snapped, and he started <laughs> screaming at all these people, oh, being man. like, "Oh God, I don't know what he said, but it was just one of those things like, "You want to come up here what <laughs> you know it was like and me and Daniel were just like so tense, and it was the most that sounds amazing that that is the most uncomfortable i've ever been so really quick back to what Cynthia Hopkins does so she while she did do standard concerts, uh her main thing that she worked the hardest on is is the series of musicals that she did where it's just, it's hard to describe but there they have um multimedia there's video projection there is all this stuff happening where she's interacting with things in the video there are these stories and she did this trilogy called Accidental Nostalgia that was three separate shows but it was all like kind of one theme which was about blacking out and not knowing your past and trying to become a new person <laughs>
3: And then act surprised when they keep on making me sad I keep wearing the shoes that pinch my feet I keep eating the junk that makes me sick I keep stepping in the mess I've made instead of cleaning it
1: I'll say this, there was one moment in the middle show, the middle of the trilogy, they came out like every two years or something. There was one moment, so she, she, put, out a, she put out a show that was about her quitting the music business, mm-hmm. which I think she's mostly done um, because she wasn't making money. And yeah. it was, um, as you would imagine, Dave, this was very relatable for me. Mm-hmm. And it was a really sad show. They also had a lot of humor too. But it was like a meta show where she played a character who had disappeared from the music business in the 60s. And she also played the daughter making a documentary searching for her long lost mother. Mm -hmm. So she played both characters and one was on video, you know, and one was in person. One of the final songs in this show was called Bird Song for the Birds. And the the concept behind it was, well, if no one's going to listen to me sing... At least the birds will hear me, and I 'm mm-hmm. just basically only singing for the birds and She sang this song live, and I was like crying like crazy in oh. the in the seats there because it really resonated with me and and it probably also helped that I had a bird, uh, or I still do really she lives with my parents still, but I like also thought of my own bird, yeah. and it was like kind of this weird mess of of sad emotion, so as a unrelated thing/ slash letterbox segment here here's a clip of that great song and, and check out Cynthia Hopkins she's got a lot of stuff there's stuff on YouTube and all that I
2: To everyone that sent an email to us, if you want to send, I believe more, they're called letters, Dave. If you want to send more letters to the letterbox, you can email us at uh don't let's start podcast at gmail. gmail.com. .com. You can also follow us on Twitter at don't let's pod. Thank you, thank you. Keep sending those letters, and we're going to get to many more of them. Very soon. That's right. We got some new ones this week that I thought were excellent. So we're gonna keep going forever. Fired,
1: buddy, and we will be back soon. I'm gonna try to make this semi regular thing. Um, the quarantine is not the only reason we haven't done it as much. There's been other reasons between me and Dave.
2: That we we hate each other
1: for me, Yeah, for it's it's really. It's I've really, just been refusing to do it.
2: It's really the tension, you know, between us. Um, I don't know if you want to reveal this, but when do you think we're gonna get to Apollo 18? I think like, I'm excited about Apollo yes, 18.
1: my plan is to maybe do one more non Apollo 18 one after this for fun. Okay, for funsies, and like kind of like how this one was, like a just a random TMBG topic, and then I think we'll do Apollo 18.
2: So I would expect sounds good sounds Apollo good. 18
1: to be in maybe two
2: uh, w- two episodes. the one after the next one. So not next one, no, but the one after. I've
1: been gathering stuff about for a year now, kind of sure. Kind of an, on the side But I haven't done the full deep dive you know? I've been
2: thinking about it So,
1: Dave, I think it's time we said goodbye Hope everyone out there is, is safe And doing alright yes,
2: please, be safe, be well
1: So, bye-bye, everybody And,
2: Dave, why are you looking at me like that? What's your problem? I don't mean to be the negative one I
0: want to, our not to run It's time to turn the sticks into for those
5: who love their poetry, this is the guy's only sign, so brother Alex, so you can look about we'll with the chicks in your sink. Everybody's a wild drama, and if you think you're good, or NBC, we told you the way we knew For everyone with dollar signs and thighs, there must be hundreds. I look at you, you as if you're some kind of rhythm
6: section, why not? No others need to fly To the Rhythm
4: section, why not? I'll tell you why. I'm an age hairstyle made With bombs, hats, I'll be through Hats, hats, hats Michael Holmes, me Talkin' down at the street Down that It's a long way to the bank. Do you sing like
5: an olive oil on purpose? You guys must be into the urn
4: For everyone with dollar signs And that there must be others That look at you as if some
6: kind of Riddles,
5: me to, to the riddle section whining, and, and here's
6: the reason why.